Hello and welcome to episode 16 of GameSpot After Dark. My name is Jake and it's been a while since I've been here at least. Uh, got over a nasty cold last week and was out of town the week before. Thankfully, Lucy and Tamor did a wonderful job hosting and thank you for joining them, Michael. Uh, joining me this week, Callie, you've also been out for a while. I'm back. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and then we've got Ben Jenka. I'm also back for the second time. Michael Hyam. Yo, what up? And joining us, Max Scoville. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm not to... I'm not back because I've never been here before. That's, that's true. I've we... never <laughs> sat in this chair in my life. This is wild. Welcome. It's your Thank first you. time on a podcast, right? Yeah, I've, I hope I do. I hope it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit a little bit nervous, you know, but I think I... Oh, that's all right. We'll yeah. figure it out, yeah. We got yeah. you. We'll get through it together. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to put you on the spot to start out with. So we start the podcast with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba, Chris. That's the jingle. That's Thank you, Callie. That's bootlegs. And basically... <laughs> still singing. Tam wrote that, actually. Tam yeah, wrote Tam that wrote. song. He wrote a couple versions, but I think that's the one that stuck. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's where you tell us about yourself. Since oh, okay. you've never been on the, the podcast before, uh, like what kind of games you play, what games you come back to, what you do, who you hey, are. Hey, yeah, I should start there. Uh, you may know me from such... Other sites is IGN.com, formerly Destructoid, Rev3 Games. I've also been doing a long-running comedy podcast called The Comedy Button. Uh, I think that's most of it, but I've generally been bombing around the video game industry for close to a decade now. Uh, I very much like the Metal Gear Solid series. I have since fallen madly in love with the Yakuza series, which is why Ben Janka and I are good friends, and Michael High and I are getting getting along pretty well. Um, (laughs) I like big, stupid open-world games that let you kind of goof around and uh, sort of just, you know, be like the sort of raptors in Jurassic Park and try to poke holes in the fences. And um, God, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. Uh, I also love the movies and the pop culture and the comics and all all that good stuff. Um, that doesn't really narrow it down a whole lot, though, does it? You like well, collecting things too, right? I, I, yeah, I'm a huge toy nerd. I love, I love the action figures. Mm-hmm. Lots of that. We, Michael, Michael I, picked up your backpack and he was like, "What do you think's in here?" And I was like, "Toys." That's my guess. Action did you figures. Did you look in my no, backpack? We didn't no, look inside. It sounds plasticky though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's. Is it toys? Hold on here. Like this is. Oh, it's got toys. This is. I feel Ooh. like I. This is oh, me being a total stereotype. I have a Dark Horse trade paperback of Star Wars: Boba Fett, Death Lies, and Treachery, a non-canonical collection of one-shot comics from 1997, and then a Hasegawa one-twelfth scale plastic Yo. model kit of restaurant furniture <laughs> for my dolls to sit in. <laughs> I love it. So. And that goes with the um, kitchen furniture I bought you in Japan earlier this year. Yes, which is much a much different scale, but that's good for like that's good. That's good for the. Smaller men, mm-hmm. smaller men <laughs> yeah. and women. Yes. It also like I, Callie went to Japan and brought back like a small miniature kitchen set, and then I proceeded to rearrange it on my kitchen windowsill in the same layout as my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically the mom from Hereditary. Yeah, <laughs> just slowly losing it, but doing miniatures while I'm going at it. And I live in the basement, which I guess makes me some sort of demon. Yeah, yeah, if something I'm, like yeah. that. I'm like some sort of demon. You're, I, I don't. You're, you're like the, you're like the cool, the cool teenage roommate who you know comes That's home. Me. Yeah. I come home really late from yeah. work. You're like, I was reviewing those horrible animal monsters on the <laughs> Nintendo console again. Eat mac and cheese. Yeah. I get a lot of mac I want you, Do you know that my wife keeps emergency stocks of mac and cheese in our closet in case you eat all the mac and cheese in the house? <laughs> <laughs> what? She's got, like emer- she's got like emergency instant mac and cheese. And she's like, that's in case Callie eats all of it. And I was like... I wouldn't eat her mac and cheese if she bought it. I think it's happened before, or else she's like used <gasps> to eating yours. I don't know. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all got to settle beef here. I'm my on a my podcast? wife is also like a strange squirrel person who likes to hide macaroni and cheese in the closet. <laughs> I, I want to say like, who is the normal person in this scenario? I'm going to say it's Callie. 
well. That's a lot of pressure. I learn a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I totally just wrecked your worldview right there. <laughs> I, look, I, I obviously have like I've definitely raised some issues here, and uh, now you guys are going to have to have a talk later. I think I, I would Damn. never eat someone else's mac and cheese. It so could also be my so my good. wife is like a paranoid prepper. With I think honestly, knowing her, it's more of a just to be yeah, it's a prepper situation. Yeah. Yeah. But on the upside, though, now you know you got a giant closet full of mac and cheese just <laughs> ready to go. If you do run out of mac and cheese, <laughs> that's just, a pretty good. Yeah. If I do eat all the mac and cheese, dude, I keep Better. the pasta thing stocked. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, don't confront don't confront her until there's a dire need for mac and cheese. You're like, hey, uh, we're out of mac and cheese. You wouldn't happen to know if there are any mac and cheese around here <laughs> so at all? Would you try and get it out of her without really? <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> That would be good. You are, you know, you are good at keeping the house, the well stocked in, in pasta. I got milk yesterday. Yeah, that's good. No, she, why are we talking about this? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is how it normally goes. Yeah. So, yeah, Callie and I live together. That's a, you know, I used to work with Ben at, at Destructoid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, know Michael because now you're a friend at GameSpot. Yeah. yeah. I'm Michael, new. I'm relatively new here. I you, think I've been, uh, I'm the, the young, not the youngest one, but the, I've spent the least amount of time in video games media. Out of all you people in yeah, this room. Yeah, because you used to be a political yeah, man. You did yeah, so much well, stuff. Well, you know, you know, your <laughs> boys out there running campaign, or used to be out there it's running It's a good thing you're in games now. There's no politics here. <laughs> yeah. Keep yeah. yeah. out of there. <laughs> Word on the street is, ain't no politics in games, so... That's so why uh, you picked it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it exists in a vacuum, like mm -hmm. all art. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a good transition to what we've been playing. <laughs> that is a good transition. Do you want to start, Callie? Because I think you uh, have been dying to talk about a game with small creatures. I have, um, because I, I couldn't do it last week. Um, I reviewed Pokemon Sword and Shield. I liked it a whole lot. Um, I'm still playing it because I have 28 Pokemon in my Pokedex left that I have to catch before I can get the shiny charm. And then um, I'm really going to start going to town on getting a competitive team together. Um, that means breeding Pokemon, forcing them to mate. Well, <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting attacked a lot. So um, anyway, I, what I really liked about this generation is um, I like discovering the new monsters. I, I mean, that's kind of typical for a new generation of Pokemon, but I really liked how Sword and Shield encouraged exploration and discovery as part of the experience because I feel like um, Sun and Moon is like notorious for having a super long exposition. Like a lot of people like did not get very into Sun and Moon. I like Sun and Moon, but like the it's not a tutorial section. I mean, it's the it's the entry section of the game. It's not all tutorial, but it is a lot of exposition. It takes like two hours or something. It takes so long to get your starter Pokemon, and it's rough. And in Sword and Shield, you get your starter right away, and then within like an hour, you're in the wild area and you get to kind of explore and. Uh, figure things out for yourself. And and part of that is I was doing this without the internet having access to the game. I don't have a guide. You know, I had to kind of figure it out on my own and write those guides. And I really enjoyed that too. Um, not having information. I didn't look at the leaks, so I didn't know any of these Pokemon. And I was, I was so delighted by some of them, like the penguin with an ice cube head. I love that when one. You, when, you say, <laughs> <laughs> when you say you didn't look at the leaks, do you mean the vegetables that Farfetch'd and Surfetch'd oh. are holding or the... Sorry. L-E-A-K. Yeah. But um, I didn't look much at... I don't look at um, the vegetable much either. Yeah, that's probably good. It's just, it's like a smelly it's, long onion. Yeah, it's just a real long onion. Yeah. It's um, also a pain to get them, right? To evolve him? To get sur Surfetch'd yeah. in sword? Yeah, you have to... 
<laughs> you have to get three critical hits in the same battle. Wow, with Farfetch'd. And Ben I mean, did it. I've done it. It's whatever, you know. I'm, a, I'm really good at Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> Pokemon Master. Uh, it's not true. I'm not very good at Pokemon, but I, I'm enjoying Sword and Shield a lot as well. Yeah, uh, you've been playing it. You're playing Shield. Mm-hmm. I'm playing Shield. Yeah, I'm like 25, 30 hours in, and I feel like I might be like halfway through the story, but I'm I'm stopping and catching everything I can mm-hmm. because I'm just having a good time seeing all the stuff. So I've been away from the series for a long time and just kind of catching up on all that's really rad. I like it's so the Pokedex is interesting because I feel like a lot of them were chosen for the region. So like at first I was kind of like, why would you put Noctowl in this Pokedex? Like nobody uses Noctowl. It's Hedwig. not like <laughs> Kapora Gabora. <laughs> Sorry, you're probably getting there. I was owls. getting there, but I think it's like you know like the the owls and it like has what's kind the of most this... British bird? Yeah, and um, so I think there's like cute little details like that. I think a lot of the designs are inspired by that like uh galarian linoon the one that involves into the pokemon that looks like gene simmons obstagoon really love that guy i just love that it's like here's britain has punks right here's some punks like i just love that i think it's so delightful Um, toxtricity is just like it's like a little baby that evolves into a punk I love Which I guess that that's, makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that checks out. That's how that's how punks work. They were all children <laughs> at one point. <laughs> now I was so I've been sort of like lukewarm on this. I haven't really been paying too close attention, but the whole all of the sort of quality of life improvements and like the sort of more open structure do sound appealing. Mm-hmm. But I have this like I really liked uh, I really like black and white because it was like completely who the hell are any of these animals? Mm-hmm. Like just out the gate, I was like, I don't know who any of these are. It was like completely yeah. fresh. And then I think it was with X and Y, they kind of were like cherry picking different, like different generations to be like, oh, some of these, you know, yeah. which it's kind of like, it. it's a weird mixture of familiarity and, and total, you know, the total sense of like, of, you know, new Pokemon. How, like how much of a breakdown would you say it is for like animals that you're, not animals, Pokemon you're familiar with and then brand new ones. You know, I was wondering this today because I was trying to figure out how many Pokemon there are now. Um, I would say, because I, like, I, my Pokedex is almost complete. And I feel like half of it is new or Galarian forms of old Pokemon. Like the Corsola that's like a climate change Pokemon that's like takes an old Pokemon and then the Galarian form is like bleached coral. I was like really surprised to see that. Um, so including those kinds of things, the Galarian forms, it's, I don't know. What, what, do you, do you think that's accurate? I'd say so. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have all of them yet. I don't think I've seen all of the new ones yet, but that sounds about right. About half and half, maybe a little more with the older Pokemon maybe. Yeah. But I feel like of those older Pokemon, I would say the distribution's pretty even on the generations. So hmm. there's Pokemon from sun and moon. There's Pokemon from black and white. I was, I was really surprised cause you know, sometimes they game freak, like with let's go Pikachu and Eevee, it was very nostalgia driven. And I think like Pokemon go was very nostalgia driven at the beginning. And so I was surprised to see like Basculin, a Pokemon that nobody has heard of from black and white. <laughs> um, to be in in the roster, um, stuff like that. How how big is the Pokedex in this one? Four hundred Pokemon. Okay, that's still a lot of Pokemon to catch. Yeah. To, but for me, as somebody who's like interested in seeing how the competitive meta un- unfolds, I think limiting it is going to make for more interesting teams. Actually, because with the larger Pokedex, there are definitely Pokemon that are like just superior, and you see mirror teams a lot in the competitive scene. So you'll see like. 
Oh, they have an Incineroar and a Rayquaza and a Tapu Koko. And the other team has that too. How interesting. Um, And I still really love competitive, but it gets kind of stale when you see that. And so I think the Pokedex is also very finely tuned in that sense, because like no one's going to use Noctowl still, but you don't have, for example, Cresselia, which is a really popular competitive Pokemon. You don't have that. And it serves a particular job in the competitive scene. And I think the only substitute for it that I've seen in uh, Sword and Shield would be um, Gothitelle. Which one is the fully evolved one? Gotharita? No. I don't know. Gothita, Gotharita, Gothitelle. Yeah. yeah, I have it right. Um, and then a new Pokemon, Hatrim, which I think could be a sim- ha- have a similar role as uh, Cresselia. So I like that like it's forcing me to think, okay, instead of just leaning on this Pokemon that is the obvious choice, how do I substitute that in my team? Or how do I make a new strategy around that? So I'm really intrigued by that. And I think that's the blessing of cutting down the Pokedex. I totally understand why people are disappointed. I don't understand why people are being rude and horrible. But I understand the disappointment if you've had the same Pokemon for a very long time. You've been trading it up for years and years. I don't have that because all of my batteries died in all of my Game Boy Color games. So I don't have any Pokemon from the 90s, you know? But like, if you manage to save them, that's really great i'm really happy for you and kind of jealous but um like the first shiny i ever encountered was an alpha sapphire so like i don't have that like longevity i mean i've been playing my pokemon my whole life but like i don't have the longevity of the actual like in-game pokemon i think too, you've brought this up but those pokemon aren't going anywhere right like that's well, where yeah. the pokemon bank there the pokemon bank is there for a reason right like you can trade them to the pokemon bank and sure maybe you won't be able to transfer them to uh sword and shield but whatever's next hopefully you'll be able to transfer them to that. Like, they're not they're not going anywhere. Now we don't seen, need to worry about your battery dying. Like, yeah. we, we've seen them kind of continually support Pokemon Go and, like, patch in all sorts mm-hmm. of new animals there. And, like, I keep calling them animals, and somebody's, somebody's like, having, like, a little eye twitch over that. And I'm sorry. I'm not, but, so if anyone else is, they can fight me. Yes, yeah, so most of them are animals. Some of them are household objects, and other ones are just, like, you know. <laughs> Death key, woo! Yeah, they're like, Some of them are the spirit uh, of yeah. dead children. Or, like, a liquid, or, you know, <laughs> garbage. Or the spirit of <laughs> yeah. dead children. There's yeah. a lot of those. Um, but anyway, my point is, like, you, they've sort of demonstrated that they're like oh like let's see how this works along with the internet and the fact that you could basically import all of like the ones you'd walked around outside in the dark city streets catching on your phone into you know let's go eevee and pikachu Mm -hmm. that's that was kind of like oh that's surprisingly like that's not the usual amount of resistance you'd expect from a pokemon game normally you have to go out and you know buy a cable or you know dilly dally around with infrared ports or whatever (laughs) yeah i mean that's actually a really good segue into the next thing i wanted to bring up which is I'm kind of encouraged about that from stuff that's in Sword and Shield. So not even based on, I mean, yes, based on Pokemon Go and the uh, incorporation with Let's Go, but um, they are doing Gigantamax events. So Gigantamax are like special forms of Dynamax Pokemon where they change appearance when they get big. Other, the rest of them just get big and stronger. But these ones are like special and they look cool. There are some that data miners found that aren't even in the game yet. That could be rolled out through events. You mean to tell me that they might continue to patch and support a video game that was released in 2019 post-launch? <laughs> wow. In spite of people getting angry at it for what <laughs> shape it was in at launch? You know, for Nintendo, maybe that's surprising. Yeah. But yeah. No, exactly. Uh, but um, uh, they also are currently having Gigantamax events. So right now in... I think Shield, you have a higher chance of encountering Gigantamax Butterfree, which is like a fancy looking Butterfree. And um, in Sword, you have a 
higher chance right now of encountering Gi- Gigantamax Dreadnought, so, which is a new Pokemon. Um, so I'm encouraged because it's like, okay, they, they, they planned an event right out the gate. Like, it wasn't like, oh, shit, we really screwed up and we have to backpedal. Like, they went into it with like, okay, and the first event is here to get you doing raids, get you online, playing with people. Um, are you okay, Michael? Nah, man, I'm, you, know, you know me. I'm always burping out here. <laughs> uh, indigestion? Is that what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Gigantamax. Gigantamax sounds like, I don't know, Cialis or something. I, I really, I really want to roll with that. Honestly, you keep naming stuff, and I'm like, that sounds like the cat's flea medicine, or like that. I'm pretty sure that's a, a, yeah. Oh, I love Brinks yeah. so much. Oh, Cheriston. Like, I don't, like, these are, like... <laughs> I, I love that you just like listed off a bunch of Pokemon. I uh, first of all, I'm complaining about like, oh, yeah, I only want new Pokemon when I get a new Pokemon game, and I'm like, I skipped four generations. <laughs> Most of those things, if you showed them to me, I'm like, who the hell is that? And then half the time, they're like, we made it British by having a beard on it, you know, like <laughs> gave it a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the, what, what was the, the what was the hat one you talked about? Hatrum. Hatrum. So that is a witch, and it starts out as this little like forest fairy. With like a little hat pulled over its eyes, and it's really cute, and then it evolves into a sexy witch. <laughs> I was not. I was Yikes. expecting like a Mad Hatter. No, no. Yeah. dude. I'm with it. There are a lot of anthropomorphized animals in this generation. I'm just, I just, I'm just gonna say it. The most popular Pokemon are furry bait, and that's it's just the truth. True. Like a thickery. What was it? Chick- oh, chickarito. Oh, you're talking about Serena, the thick oh, plant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, am I talking about the right one? Yes. Uh, I and know. Gotharita is also. Gotharita is definitely a, an oh, adult yeah. woman. Everyone's all about Gardevoir, uh, from my People understanding. People have wanted Gardevoir to Gardevoir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of fan art of Gardevoir over the years. Um, That's okay. true. Yeah, Let me see. Oh, I got the, signal the, in here. The, the bunny Pokemon, Lopunny. Yeah, Lopunny. Oh yeah, Lopunny. That's, <laughs> That's the busty one. So anyway, one. they cut Jinx from this game, which is positive. Yeah. That's good. I like that. There's no Jinx. Um, hmm. Oh yeah, Gardevoir can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Back in day, back in my day, we had to just squint hard and sexualize Scyther. That's all we had. <laughs> the <laughs> screaming dinosaur with knives for hands. <laughs> yes, that's all we had to go on. And, um, and Jinx, like a, a grass. Like, Scyther was a grass. Like a tongue. Yeah, it was a grass bug dinosaur. It's like a star uh, scream like, voice. Didn't wasn't there an episode where he like just stabbed Ash? Did who, I dream that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. Uh, Who's dad Ash? Scyther. I mean, Ash got like abused by his Pokemon, so I wouldn't, I'd believe it. I don't remember that, but believe it. it might be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Say it, Jake. No anime. There, I said it. We're talking about Pokemon, bro. Um, oh, and then the fossil Pokemon. I think you'd really like this, Max, especially. <laughs> so the fossils are broken up into to top. The top and bottom. <laughs> I did not want to phrase it that way. I really was going to try to avoid that. Uh, there's like the top half and the bottom half of the the fossil Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And the point is that the the researcher like doesn't know what she's doing, so she'll m- mismatch them. And so you get there's four fossils in total, and there's four combinations. And you give her like I had fossilized fish and fossilized Drake, and she made this abomination Chimera Pokemon and gave it to me. She was like, yep, this is definitely it's an like ancient that, Pokemon. It's like that Calvin and Hobbes where they make a dinosaur out of garbage, and they're like, what? what's he doing? He's like, oh, he's puckering up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Coke bottle for a head. Yeah. And there's four of them, and I think the first one I encountered was the most, like, like dopey of them, because I was like, what is this boy? Um, 
but they're like one of them has like its top half has a much skinnier neck than the bottom half so it's just like it doesn't make any sense um i just i don't know i like that the doc the the scientist is just like uh for some reason there's two fossils um that one looks good for the top do you have anything for the bottom that looks good i guess and then she just like puts them together and create some monstrosity. What are you looking Michael, at? Why did you say just been looking at Pokemon the whole time? <laughs> I, I, I actually I meant Gothitelle earlier. All right, just want to set the record straight. Gothitelle. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Like, I, mean, I, don't, all... I don't want to get weird about it, but yeah, Gothitelle is that is an adult woman. Yes. That's mm-hmm. not a Pokemon. Yeah. All right. The first two you could, that gets a little bit like kind of fussy and problematic, but like Gothitelle is just like a woman who works at a bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my type. She looks like like Have a... you read Neil Gaiman? <laughs> <laughs> she looks like one of the feminists from Portlandia. Oh yeah. <laughs> like she just, the, like, the, the bookstore owners. It's hot. Yeah. It's the heat. Like <laughs> Um Yeah. I so I mean, I I could just keep talking about Pokemon. I won't. I did talk about it at length on U.S. Gamers podcast um, last week. They, or I guess it, it was out earlier this week. Um, they were kind enough to have me on to talk about it. And you know, if you if you want more Pokemon from me, let me know. What did you give it? Oh, a nine out of ten. Superb. Yeah, I, I played a lot of it as well. I. I'm still planning on playing more. I actually, I've actually played through the game twice now because I was almost done with it. And then uh, my manager came up and he's like, hey, uh, do you think we can capture the entire game? And I was like, sure. So I started it over, <clears throat> played through it twice now. Haven't done much of the post-game stuff yet, unfortunately, but I plan on doing that soon because I very much enjoyed that story. And like you said, like the new Pokemon, I think are fantastic. I really like the designs for the new one for most of them. I think the starters evolutions are yeah. some garbo, but like I got rid of Rillaboom. Is that what Grookey's? I would Rill- yeah. Rillaboom, like Gorilla. Oh, Rillaboom! I got rid of him pretty quickly when he evolved. I was like, eh, no, mm. don't need this. Um, I I think my only thing, like, I don't really care that there's not a full Pokedex. I think my only thing is, I kind of wish there was more like caves and dungeons to the world, like more. I don't know. It seems too easy to get to town to town. It's just go here, battle trainers, mm-hmm. then you're at the next town. I feel like before, you know, you'd be like blundering around Rock Tunnel in the first one or you, you like I, I kind of miss that aspect. I get why it's not there because, you know, it's a kid's game, right? At the end of the day, like that post game or that uh, main game should be kind of easy so kids can get through it and enjoy it and get all the Pokemon they want and stuff. But I do kind of miss those days where they were a little tougher um yeah i think for me like the the challenge definitely has shifted towards like the game is pretty easy for everybody to enjoy and then all of the challenge is kind of left for the um competitive scene that's that's why i like the max raids though because they do get really hard mm-hmm. so and i think that, that's an alternative that was what i was gonna thing. say is that oh, the max sorry. raids this okay the max raids oh, do max get raids. really tough max raids yeah <laughs> I keep getting uh, Slack notifications anytime somebody mentions HBO Max, and I'm glad that there's less coverage on Max raids. But it's just, <laughs> <laughs> my phone will buzz, and it's like, great. That's I don't. That's, that's not me. That's, that's not just me. a word. <laughs> Sorry, Max oh. raids. Uh, yeah, I mean, I the, the the challenge is good on them. Uh, you can catch some really cool Pokemon. All in all, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I'll yeah. probably I'm going to try to play more. There's so many other games we have to play though before game of the year stuff and before we talk about them my final thing is i just want to plug some of the guides that we've been doing for pokemon uh we just did a guide for what to do when you beat the game it's not like it's 
I, they really screwed themselves with Gen 2 by making the post game an entire other region because everything after that has been disappointing. But there is there is stuff to do in the post game. And for me, it's really exciting because I'm getting some excellent Pokemon um, with like five perfect stats. And it's the easiest that's ever been for me to do. And I'm just really about that. Um, so check that out. It also just like here's the people you need to revisit. Um, there's people who say like come back when you beat the game. And that's in that feature. Um, we have a video and a gallery and then i'm working on like how to get good at pokemon so like an entry level thing to competitive pokemon for this generation because it's so much easier to get into so if you've been like intimidated by it in the past um this is definitely the time to start doing that if you if you want to try it um there's just some things that can be kind of complicated so i'm going to try to lay them out using three centiscorches that i caught that are all different as examples what a science teacher thing to do <laughs> Fun fact about me, in seventh grade, we had these like science packets for each unit and it would be like, oh, this unit is, you know, geology or whatever, but that's not one of them, but whatever it was. And we were like, oh, she, she would have like an hour where she would have you like illustrate like the cover and make it nice. And at the end of the year, she asked to keep my packets as examples. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was, I was going to say that, what is it? Cyndaquil? What did you say? You're demonstrating with three... Centiscorches. Centis, sorry. How could I have confused these two pharmaceutical <laughs> products? No, I was going to say, like, that's how, that's how like, Mad-Eye Moody demonstrates the, you know, the pun, the three, you know, Imperius and Crucio and wow. Avada Kedavra. You're like, I will wow. torture, hypnotize, and kill each of these Pokemon. <laughs> wow, that is scarily close. Okay. Well, that's warped. You're going to Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? <laughs> uh, I have been playing, speaking of things like Pokemon and Harry Potter that I was into in eighth grade, I am playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and I am happier than a, um, a pig. I was trying to think of a Star Wars animal. I don't know. A Bantha, a Bantha, Bantha and shit. Yeah. A Bantha in Pudu. How about that? There we go. They never say shit in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I love this game. It's like such a, it's, it's totally not anything completely brand new. It's... I feel like sort of a greatest hits of mechanics and and uh, things we've seen over the course of the last generation, um, kind of combined, attached to Star Wars, and presented really well. And it's just such a weird breath of fresh air after, you know, kind of a no pun intended, kind of a Darth of Star Wars games. Like there was. I say that word. Darth. <laughs> Darth. Darth. A Darth. I don't know. Darth. Maul. It was a good pun. Yeah, kind of yeah. like Darth. Mm. Give him the pun, Michael. Right. You're over the, here just burping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. burping and looking up Pokemon. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If it's any console, yeah, you got there one of those. I got the the Star Wars Episode One novelization before the movie was out, and I walked around for two weeks being like, "Yes, Keegan Jin," like as I pronounced. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, no, this game is awesome. I'm very very happy with it. I think a lot of people are. Um, I think a lot of people are playing it and, and really digging it. Are you, any of you guys playing it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't yet, but I I kind of stopped. I I want to play more of it. Uh, was it too fun? It's too fun. <laughs> I just don't like fun. I've been playing Disco Elysium instead because it's not fun. No. Uh, I <laughs> you want a game about like reading and killing yeah. <laughs> yourself? <laughs> uh, I the the it it I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars. Uh, I was more excited to play it because of well, I listened to the podcast last week where you guys were. Yeah. Tamor was Tamor and John Luke were waxing poetic about it, uh, and that had me really excited because of all the from software sort of influences, nods and influences yeah. it takes. Uh, but when I actually play it, I. Don't I, I think the combat is good, but 
when people have built it up to yep. be similar to from yeah. from software like you have the, expectations that are very high yeah and i the the combat is really hard for me to get into i will say fighting stormtroopers is a lot of fun i like that it's just fighting like the mm-hmm. bugs and the spiders and the other things and then on top of that i don't really like the platforming but to be fair i don't really like platforming in a lot of games it, especially those kind of like cinematic games because it's just like it how far into it did you get i let's see i made it to dathomir i got the the double-sided lightsaber i got spoilers the, we've, we've got videos about it all. yeah no, i we saw had it a this discussion. morning yeah it's a it's a no, but you know. got okay yeah i got to the planet after that i forget i i finished kashik i i did the section in the um in the in the ad at which was really cool i like that a lot nice little bit of like <laughs> what homie said homie you said ad at Homeboy says that's what it's in the game. I was, yeah, don't, I was, don't add at him. Just <laughs> no. I, I always said ATAT, but I think in the game they said add at, right? I just it that's one of those like the, it doesn't matter, the worst right? Star Wars. It doesn't matter. I was yeah. just joking because that's a thing. That I don't did, actually catch care. Me off guard, the preferred like, nomenclature is all terrain <laughs> armored transport. <laughs> and Keyganjin. <laughs> uh but but I do want to play more because I did like the characters a lot. I like the structure of the game, uh, and especially like there's something so cool about just getting into your ship and like we're gonna go here and then all in one shot you know you go and sit down and and flying he's like all right kid hop in your chair and then you land and check out the planet and you're like all right i'm done here i'm gonna go to another planet and that that's really cool to me i I keep waiting for it like i guess this is a way to summarize it i keep waiting for it to really piss me off and it hasn't done that yet like it's definitely like I'm, i'm also i'm I'm playing on like pathetic baby mode because <laughs> I want to just kind of play it. Like I want to just have fun with it and just explore and solve puzzles and, you know, jump around. So, and like it's got. And if you're in it for the Star Wars story, yeah. like that's I mean, because Phil Hornshaw in his review for us was talking about how like he really enjoyed what it adds to the potential of the Star Wars canon. Um, and I think like it, you know. If you want to get that story and you aren't into the gameplay elements, like, play it on easy. Like. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm still chipping away at Bloodborne because I suck at games and I'd rather, like, sp- spend my frust. Like, Bloodborne is a game about, like, uh, Victorian sickness. Like, and it, yeah. it totally, like, you walk around a corner there and something just shrieks at you and then kills you immediately. <laughs> and I feel like that is fitting. Like, that's a game that should be difficult. It should be punishing. But Star Wars, like, you're a Jedi Knight. You know, you're like, you're, there should be a certain amount of, like, like I want to be like a, I want to be a little, you know, I want to feel be, powerful. Yeah. I want to be a space wizard. Power I want to, I want to feel, bit. yeah, exactly. I want to be a space wizard. Yeah. Um, I, I, the thing that clicked for me this morning about it is really kind of weirdly sort of just reinterpretive where I think the easy sort of comparison is like, oh, it's a lot like Tomb Raider. It's like the newer Tomb Raider games, which is funny because Tomb Raider was ripping off a lot of Indiana Jones, which mm. is funny because that's, that's a Lucas for, yeah, Lucas to kind of make this weird full circle where like straight up you are exploring uh, tombs to find space relics to get them away from space Nazis, which it's is just like, you know, Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's like you just took Indiana Jones stuff and like, yeah, there's these, you know, r- religious artifacts that these, uh, you know, fascists want to find and do stuff with. And you're like, no, I can't have that happening. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah. I, I actually, because I started out by playing the, I think not the hardest difficulty with the one before that. I think it's Jedi Master. Jedi Master, I think, yeah. I started with that and I ultimately dropped the difficulty down just because, like you were saying, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't I don't know if I want to play a Star Wars game where I'm like beating my head against the wall trying to get through it. I just kinda of wanna explore these areas. Because mm-hmm. I think that is the my favorite thing about it, like you were saying, just going through that 
I forget what the the tomb on Dathomir with the giant pinballs that you're like yeah you're like that that was pretty fun I like that that no, was like, I satisfying like the, getting to the end like the puzzle stuff um but yeah no, I I totally I think I'm probably gonna now that I've got like a bunch more skills and it's kind of you know getting the feel of like how to you know parry and you know I've got like enough of sort of like different abilities in my toolbox to kind of actually play with I probably will kick it up a notch I tried that the other day and I went around a corner and there was just like this gigantic like ogre thing that i hadn't fought before and it like immediately like i like fought it and i was like oh okay that's not too bad and i like had like a tiny bar of life and then like 18 dudes just ran out of the garage and were like hey get him and they just started like (laughs) hitting me with sticks and shooting me and i was like and immediately died and i was like yeah i'm gonna get past that part and probably you know i might just play the whole thing uneasy i don't really care yeah it's star it's star wars it should be it should be like a fun adventure that's what's up yeah yeah Yeah, i I, I will say on xbox one x it is having some issues oh, no, really? running yeah oh, it, no, really? it, it's it's mostly the 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 load times are really long which sounds like that's the case for everything except probably pc uh and then just like weird glitches that i think a lot of people have had which so far none have been game breaking i think the only thing that really turned me off uh technically was just the load times were pretty long like i'd be checking I, well, twitter a lot during I, them i don't know but like if you know this but like canonically in star wars sometimes characters just fly into the air for no reason that's okay sometimes they just just rock it out of nowhere <laughs> just, and occasionally the hair disappears i don't you, it's, <laughs> you're talking about glitches that you've encountered yeah okay. yes <laughs> the, I, they're all canonical michael okay i all had right. one that was like it was Space. it was this weird like platforming section where there was these like sort of big piston things coming out of the wall mm-hmm. and it it was a weird one of those rare occasions where the game bugs out and like helps you but okay. i like tried to jump on this thing that i was and i was like holding it in place of the forest and i was like oh, i gotta like leapfrog over this and for whatever reason, video games, because they're magic, just shot me straight in the air. <laughs> and then I proceeded to fall down and I like just landed exactly where I was trying to go. And it, these like, things didn't, you, didn't kill me. And I was like, <laughs> good. I was like, was that the force? <laughs> Speaking of games glitching to help you, I glitched through a whole sequence in Death Stranding. Really? Without yeah. realizing. And I won't say which one. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a sequence that was like really important to my understanding of the game. And I ended up watching it because it was in the really spoilery launch trailer. They showed part of it. And I was like, and I got filled in. um, But I found out like someone was asking me, Chloe Rad was asking me like, hey, how did you do this? And I was like, oh, all all I have to do is this. Chloe was like, no, that's not working. And I asked around and I was like, hey, so how did you guys do this? And everyone told me, I was like, wow, I just walked straight through that and nothing happened. That's oh, crazy. so your, your way of doing it was really smart. And I uh, see, I did something that I thought made sense. Yeah. And so that's why I didn't think it was a glitch. And so I'm going to say that was um, the power of friendship. Is this a part where a scary thing is happening and you're expected to maybe fight something, but you can also just leave? No. Okay. It was a part where you have to uh, get across something and I literally just walked across it and I wasn't supposed to. Oh, that's very weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. wait to get there. I feel like that game has gotten glitchier since it came out, which really? would almost make sense given how much stuff is sort of happening with yeah. player it's, construction. Yeah, yeah there's, there's so many more things to populate yeah. the game now. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. Well, Michael, do you want to talk about what you've been playing since you've been playing some Desk Standing? I have been playing Desk Standing. Man, I can't get over that. Tam is Tam has some duds, but man, when his 
When his, his shit hits, it, it hits. It yeah, hits. His, his strategy is just throw as much on the wall and yeah. just wait till something sticks. And then when it sticks, it sticks. Yeah, Listen, never remember the I highlights, thought right? Tomorrowwind was really that is Tomorrow, that's, Tomorrowwind is Tomorrowwind. good. Yeah. yeah, that's that's top tier right there. Uh, Rick and Tomorty. Rick and Tomorty. That's, that's my, yeah. I'll, I'll take credit for that. But oh, he did another one recent. Oh, honk if you're Tomorny. I like that too. <laughs> Tomorrow never dies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that one's been overplayed. Yeah. No, it's, I it's, love that. I like. That I mean, one. it's the name of the day after today, so you know, it's that's kind of a common word, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Desk standing. <laughs> oh, Jedi fallen over was also a very good one from Tan. Oh boy, that. <laughs> anyway, death, death, death stranding. Should we just scroll through tomorrow's Twitter? And we can, we can yeah, do right. Do, do a live, yeah, a <laughs> Live reactions to Tam's Twitter. Uh, but yeah, death stranding is. Uh, I've sat down and actually said I'm going to play this game. Because uh, I played the prologue when we were able to get copies of it beforehand. Mm -hmm. But then after that, I had so many other things going on in my life. It's, I can't dedicate the time to this game, so I'll play it when I play it. Uh, so over this weekend, I sat down and said, oh, I'm going to restart it. And I'm going to fully embrace Kojima's bullshit. Because uh, I love doing that. I love Metal Gear because of that. And Thank you for just calling it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to recognize something as bullshit and also appreciate and love it. it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're in such a horrible binary era That's where you can't. What yeah. being an anime fan is all Dog. about. Dog, we're weebs out here. We like, love bullshit. You know what I'm um, saying? Like one one person wrote in and called us the Wea Boomers, and I loved that so much that we changed our anime Slack channel name to Wea Boomers. Yeah. Pretty um, sure someone wrote in again saying that as well. Let it I stick. Love that. I like it. Yeah. Is it? So it's the first question. Yeah. Oh, it is. Um, okay. So, but, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that's what being an anime fan is all about is being yeah. like, this is bullshit, but it's my bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And then so uh, that's, that's how I feel with Kojima games and Death Stranding. You know what? When I am playing it, though, I kind of even like the, the monster energy drinks and the, the ride advertisements. It's kind of like I've been I feel like I've been exposed to that for so long. Like that was the first thing you're anyone desensitized was talking about. to the desensitized monster to it. So I'm just kind of like, <laughs> all right, it's in the game, whatever. Now let me get to the, the meat of this thing. And as weird as weird as as it is, it's I don't know, it's it's not that weird. It's really it, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I'm enjoying all the pieces of the game. The the, the kind of uh, how do you say it? The the story, how it's what's the oh, damn? What's the word? Narrative. Uh, cryptic. Cryptic. Oh. <laughs> it's 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 sort of cryptic. At least in the in the parts that I'm in, because I'm still like three episodes in. Oh, the, like the slow drip of yes. information that you get over time and i just love walking there's no other game that has nailed the feel of hiking and walking more than death stranding i am tripping about keeping my balance about tripping as not a, tripping about not <laughs> tripping like i'm falling down the mountain i'm like oh i gotta pull, pull the triggers make sure i don't fall over and destroy my stuff and i'm getting a kick out of that in the same way that if i'm like the last person in a match of csgo there, there yeah. is something it's really wild. kind of exhilarating of like having all that weight and momentum like heading down a hill yeah. and you're like I gotta then, pull back. Dude, I've had times where like Norman Reedus would call me out like if I was being really stubborn and like I was trying to ride my bike up a rocky hill and just like failing miserably and he literally went, this is not working. I go was around like, somewhere no! else. And then like later he's I'll like prove you wrong. Yeah. I, I did. And then like another time he'll be like, Oh, get it together, man. Nice job, Max. Thank you. Um But yeah, death that's stranding. I'm I'm really enjoying it for, for what it is. And uh yeah, that that loop of delivering stuff. I surprised I like walking quote unquote walking simulators, but never has a game simulated walking quite like Death Stranding. And I kinda uh, wish it was about <laughs> helping your friend move. 
What mm. friend? Like oh, just I don't any know. friend. Like, fragile? I don't know. Like what, whoever, oh, whatever, sure. whoever needs to move. Like I kind of wish that there time. was there was like more manual box management, and you had to like you had to juggle. <laughs> you'd be like, am I going to take f-? like it's if anything, it is unrealistic how many boxes that man can carry. I think it would be great <laughs> if they were like actually like no, this is like entirely realistic. You can carry three, and then it's like all right, am I going to make that trip to the car? Okay, am I going to just wow. totally eat shit walking <laughs> up a ramp to you all? Like I don't honestly am. That's really ambitious and generous of you to think someone can carry three boxes. I'm going with one. You don't understand how stubborn and strong men are. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. No, that like that is like Death Stranding is. I I think I said this like I don't know a year ago, but it's going to be like it's like when you get groceries from the store and you're like, I don't want to make two trips from the car. Mm. I'm bringing (laughs) everything. I'm strapping this to my leg. I'm strapping this to my boot. I've seen that joke a couple times, and it. Is I it hits the same every time. Like it's, it hasn't gotten old for me because I'm like that is exactly what it feels like. Yep. Like I'll be like I can manage this many kilograms. I don't even know what it's measured in. Is it kilograms? I think it's kilograms. Yeah. yeah. I'm but, like first of all, I don't have a sense of how much a kilogram is. So when it says 50 kilograms, I'm like that sounds light. You know, I, like, I, I don't look, know. I just look at the maximum amount I can yeah. carry relative to what I I'm have. Like, on I know like, how okay, much, that's heavy. I know I how a kilogram much is like five in. to ten pounds. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much that is though. Oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of pounds. This beer probably weighs I about 20 like, pounds. I don't really. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad because I didn't even need to think about that because I just took my truck everywhere. Like to the oh, top damn. of the mountains, I just loaded the whole thing. Doing a doing a cool like beep beep through all all the way. I love that truck. It's a good truck. Very good truck. It can jump. It can. I oh boy, can it! That's, Although, a, that's it, a funny truck. It can never make the jumps you expect. Like, I, oh, it can never like, like, like that stupid real jump. Yeah, that stupid like chasm right in the center, right next to the South distribution. I'm like, I can make this. I can make this. You never. Make and then it. I just nosedive straight into the pit, and I'm like, all right. And I'm there's like, like six other use, trucks down yeah, there. Yeah, you gotta use like, Captain uh, Dong's bridge. That's the only way across that chasm. His Captain Dong's bridge is no more. Is it's gone? I think it's gone. I can't believe this. We should put up the Captain Dog Memorial Bridge <laughs> in memory yeah. of his was, previous bridge. We should just put up a bunch of no pissing signs. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. Res- respect it. Uh, so you like, you're liking it. <laughs> I, I'm loving it a lot. I was really, yeah. so I was super curious to hear your thoughts because you were kind of like the wild card for me because I was like, Michael got converted to anime really fast. So Michael might like really. <laughs> That's the gauge. Well, I yeah. was just thinking like Michael might really vibe with this or he I might do, like. Yeah really hate nah, this. I, so. I said this on the last episode that I'm getting a lot of also Red Dead 2 vibes when cause, that cause music lot, comes in. Yeah, because a lot of it is your interactions with the environment. I said the same thing last episode, but I'm definitely that's definitely hitting with me. And plotting my course to get to the next place is <laughs> wild. I'm like, okay, this is a mountaintop. Do I have enough ladders to maybe make it across this mountaintop? And when I get there, like, oh, damn, I, I really put myself in a tough place oh but i got this uh this anchor thing so i could rope down is the rope even long enough those are the variables that you're thinking about in death training and i like that the terrain is as much of an enemy as bts are mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's it's so it's different dude i should have said that love... in my review that's a good sentence it's crazy oh, how at the yeah. end of the game too or near the end of the game i didn't bring ladders or anything with me because i was just trusting the fact that other people have already yes. left ladders yeah. and ropes Powerful. and stuff because i'd be like i got too much to carry maybe i can spare one ladder and then I'd see a mountain, like I could go around the mountain and that would take forever, or I could go over it, even though I don't have the the materials, but yeah. I bet you, I bet you someone's helping me out. Yeah. Although I did find a lot of zip lines that didn't go anywhere, and I was just like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. But, uh, Amateur yo, hour. Yeah. I know. When, when time falls hitting, you start sweating. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. like, oh my my shit's deteriorating. I need to make it to the the, the drop off in time before it, it all goes away. But yeah, I'm gonna definitely gonna see that game through. I think that's gonna be my Thanksgiving game. I always have a game for Thanksgiving break. I think this is the one that I'm gonna like go all in on. I try a lot of different things, but I think Death Stranding. I want to see it to the end. Ah, uh, but yeah, that's that. And um, I need to take time to talk about Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers. Yes. Because I, it has been a long journey. Ben's here for it. All right, yeah, bring the yeah, shadows, yeah. boys. Um, <laughs> no, like, like real, real talk, man. It, it's I started this game in March, and I finally made it to the end of 5.0 Shadowbringers. And when 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 people started playing that game, and they they got to the end, they're like, "Yo, this this moment. There is a moment in the last two three hours of this game that are like some of the best that I've ever seen in games at all." And I was like, wow, I really want to get there. And I was like in the middle of heaven's word. So I had so much work cut out for me and I didn't spoil it for myself. Wow. Which, uh, so props to me, you know, <laughs> shouts out to me. But I finally got there this weekend because on yeah. last on last episode, I said that I'm going to, I know I'm at the end of Shadowbringers. And I'm going to dedicate my weekend to to finishing it because I need to, uh, I need to see this to the end. And I, I felt that I was almost there. And holy shit, man. I, I there, that moment. I, I don't want to spoil for anyone who might be interested or might be in the middle of the game, uh, but I'll try and talk about it in vague terms with still like not selling it short mm-hmm. because, uh, damn. So <laughs> it, when it hit, I had, yo, I had like my hand over my head. I was, my jaw dropped and like tears was in my eyes, bro. Like no lie. And when the music hits, cause they hit the theme right at that moment, it's, it is absolutely incredible what that game has been able to do with with it being an mmo because yeah. you often think you, when people mention final fantasy 14 passing they're like oh it's a it's a great story for an mmo that is also selling it short it is a great story period yeah it's and it's it's solidified in that moment to not only is it like you would think oh it's an mmo so it has limitations in the types of stories that it can tell but no, it flips the script and says, no, we are embracing the fact that we are an MMO and we're going to use that to our advantage for this moment. Mm-hmm. And it, it recontextualizes the game. Like I understood, I said the last episode that I know this moment is going to recontextualize what Final Fantasy XIV is, but also kind of its understanding as a massively multiplayer online game. And I, I knew it in that moment. I was like, this is it. This is the one. And uh, there's also thing, another thing is that there's a lot of elements of the story that that m- help that moment make sense. And I feel like Final Fantasy XIV has been telling us from the start that there are other realms. We are just one of the many realms that broke off from, I guess, the, be- the beginning of this world f- existing at all. And in the beginning of Shadowbringers, the Crystal Exarch is like, yeah, there are there are other realms out there. Uh, but we're trying to connect with them and all that stuff. And then by the end that it wraps that up and like no other game has ever like done. I, 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 I tweeted this out too. It was usually when I play games and I get really emotional about it is like it's either sad or tears of happiness or like um, it just gets really emotional. I feel like when I finished Persona 5, it was kind of like I have to say goodbye to these friends that I made over the course of 150 hours. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I I, cr- I cried in that moment, but here it was more of like an overwhelming sense of just how how much work has been put into telling the story and it all leading up to that moment. Because there was a second, like after the second, one second after it happened, it all clicked. I'm like, okay, 
this character has been trying to do this the entire story. But also, they've been telling us about these other worlds since the start of the base game. And then to have it all come together in one moment to for the final boss fight is... I don't know, man. I, I'm telling you, this is probably my favorite moment ever in a game. What? Like, and that yeah. is not... Final Fantasy XIV is a wacky time. It's It, it shouldn't be as... Logic doesn't <laughs> work the right way with it for some reason. It, I, you think it's an MMO and it can't do the things yeah. that it does, but for some reason it does. I really want to say that Michael looked on the verge of tears through the entire time he was talking. I just want to point yeah, that out. I, I, every every morning I since I finished it, I woke up thinking about that moment <laughs> with the song is really? in my head. And then like every night I came home, I I because I recorded it all, I captured it all. I went back home and I watched it. And I was like, yo, it's still, it's still good. <laughs> it's like, am I tripping the, that this is like the greatest moment I've ever witnessed in games? And I watch it back and I'm like, yep, I was right. So I don't know anything about Final Fantasy XIV aside mm. from like people who post screenshots and everything you just said, which was like passionate, but yeah. also like without context, <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, mm. it's, have yeah, you, yeah, it's like, I gotta figure this out for have myself. Have you seen the TV show? Uh, was it Data Light? The, the da it used to be Daddy of Light, and then they changed yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I haven't yet, but I'm aware of it. That's like I, I watched a little bit of that. Where the, like that's I I feel like I guess that's the Final Fantasy <laughs> 14 experience is like oh, you get a little bit. you know connecting I, with people. I think that the well the, yeah there's that. I have a very good free company, so shouts out to Vinco, the giant bomb free company out there. Um, I think it more has to do with the fact that it embraced itself as a full on single player RPG experience. That yes, this is an MMO. You you group up with people to do raids and fight bosses and all that, but they have an incredible writing team. And I think it was indicative of I, I mentioned this all the time, but I went to the PAX West panel for Shadowbringers, and when the lead writer introduced herself, everyone just like stood up and gave her a standing ovation because it's they put so much time and effort into its story and it shows. And when I when I finished Shadowbringers and I, I stepped back I'm like oh this is a Final Fantasy game and I looked at the bigger picture of what Final Fantasy as a franchise is mm -hmm. and to know what fourteen has done over the course of even nine years even when it was a very bad MMO when they had to wipe the whole thing and make yeah. it part of the like, story canon yeah and making that part of its it, like Shadowbringers calls back to that and mm -hmm. uses its it never forgets about its past even in small moments where because there was one moment I went to you and I realized. There's a line of dialogue that you can choose to say to another character, which is a callback to two expansions ago of another character who sacrificed their life to save you. Like their dying words, whatever, was like hella uplifting. And then so in Shadowbringers, there's a moment where out. you can say that to somebody else. To help bring and I was out. like, when I realized, I was like, yo, yo, it's part two of me crying. <laughs> how, how long have you been playing? I started in March, but in total play time, probably 400 hours. Good Lord. You said that so casually. But like, I, you know. Okay. But like your first exposure to Final Fantasy fourteen entirely was in March? Yes, that's the first time I, I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to play the free trial and see what's up with it. Um, and uh, yeah, so huh. nine it months was, consistently. Because I've been like, I've been curious about it and like the, the general sort of consensus is just like, no, it keeps getting better, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, My cousin has been trying to get me to play it with him for like three years. So in, well, I, I tried the free trial as well. Uh, Matt Padgett and I actually played a good amount. I think I played like 20 or 30 hours of it, mm -hmm. but that... Maybe it's just a realm reborn, and I think this has been yeah. talked about before, but yeah. it's nothing not, really not, happens. So they're sure, yeah, they're redoing really the happens. entire thing yeah, they're, they're, to they're, make they're, it easier to get They're working into. on streamlining a realm okay. reborn, so it's a lot easier for newcomers because, like everyone says, you know, 
it picks up at the first expansion and then it starts it knows what it's trying to do and then it takes off and just keeps getting better it's like one of those shows that picks up in season three you sure, like, just gotta yeah. power through the first two yeah. seasons same 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 thing here like yeah. that, that's good to hear because i do want to play some of those expansions hearing you talk about them uh but like i said for the I work just, i just had so much trouble getting through those because it is just very mmo mmoe like sure uh kill six of these so yeah. i can get some pants yeah. And then you do it and bring it back to the character and then you're just like I don't know, you're just an errand boy and yeah. mm-hmm. especially in a Realm Reborn it is a lot of just yeah. walk to one person and talk to them then walk to another person then talk to them. But yeah. I don't know the last time you went to J Crew but that's kind of the the business model these days. <laughs> How much for these like oh, I'm going to kill six of these <laughs> cactus men or whatever. Uh, bring them yeah. back we convert them into pants. Yeah. There you go. It's, it all comes back to making pants. Uh, yeah. Man, but yeah, finally finishing Shadowbringers is uh, is a long time coming and there's still more and with patch quests and seeing where it's going to go from here. Patch- there's so many more patch directions. Quest? Yeah. So they continue the story on after the story and the actual expansion's over to kind of keep people going. Yeah, it connects it to whatever the next expansion is going to be. Oh, yeah. So it ne- it doesn't stop. Uh, uh, and you still have even like an addiction. Okay, entire like <laughs> near automata raid, canon near raid. Yeah. that is in the game. Boy, there's, there's still a lot more cut out, but I made it to the end and I saw that moment, and I will forever remember that moment because goddamn man, it's and like the villain. Uh, shouts out to Emmett Selk, I guess. He's like a really good villain because it's it's not just like oh my god I'm gonna kill everyone and destroy the world. There's a lot of there's a lot of effort putting into building who he is and why he's mo- motivated to do what he does. And that last zone, Amarat, where it's like this is just a past version of what the Asians mm-hmm. were. This the is getting Asians. it. The, the Asians. Uh-huh. This is, this, is get, right. this is getting into the weeds of it. But th- that that last I zone is saying Asians all these years. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what everyone says when they see the the first mention of uh these people in, <laughs> in the final fantasy yeah but like anyway, really it, there's no angle from which that works yeah <laughs> have, have you ever gone through like a mmo phase max uh never properly i like yeah. I, I i here's how old i am i dicked around in ultima online back in the days of yore wow but like never it it never sort of lined up with me having enough free time and getting fully hooked on something. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of in the same boat. Like I tried other MMOs and I just never get into them. And I, I will give it to Final Fantasy XIV's credit that I like. Yeah, I played more of that MMO than probably every other single MMO combined. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think it's just the the style, the character creator. I think is really is really good and just yeah. I don't know it. it it, it was intimidating, but it wasn't so intimidating, mm-hmm. I guess, compared to, yeah. so, like, I remember dabbling in World of Warcraft and being like, no, this is I mean, so much of what, like, hooks people in MMOs and really any multiplayer experience is, like, having a social component there and having, like, mm-hmm. a group of a group of people. Like, do you, do you have a bunch of people you play with? Or is I, it I do own? now, but okay. the game got its hooks into me way before I found out about the Giant Bomb Free Company and uh, because I, I play it like a single-player RPG. Okay. And well, that's, that's, that's initially what it got its hooks in me. And if I played this all the way through as a single player experience, given that you, you know, you have to match make for certain sequences, but largely this is like me connecting to the world that is already laid out for me narratively. Like that's, that is what I remember most about this game. See, it also goes a long way that, uh, it might be one of the best like game communities that I've had to ever deal with. Like if, if I was tanking, leveling up my, my tank first time through and I got into a dungeon I'd never been into, all I do is say, Hey, I've never been here. And, People be like, oh, that's that's good. good. No worries. Like yeah. this is how we'll we'll do it. 
if anything messes up, we got your back. Don't worry about it. And so it's like the Europe of MMOs. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real wacky and weird, and it, it sounds like a thing you can just kind of say, just be like whatever about it, but I, I genuinely mean it's probably one of the best communities I've ever like played with in a game. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And yeah. one, of the, one of the and there's a there's a free trial for it. And, yeah, huh. go up to oh, up to thirty five. Huh. I will say this now is that it is the best Final Fantasy story ever told. Yeah, and it's not even done. There are a lot of people who actually play Final Fantasy that also believe that. Yes, which is so, wacky to me. I'm not tripping. All right. Damn. So, yeah. Well, All right, let's move on. Yeah. There's a thing on here. There's a thing on this piece of paper that I just see here, and I want to talk to <laughs> some of the people in this room about it very badly. It says the words Yakuza. And then at the end of it, it says demo. And then in the middle of those two words, it says seven. Can we talk about Yakuza 7? <laughs> Sorry. The best I last. don't want to hijack the show, but for the love of God, tell me what's going on over here. Uh, so recently, maybe like a, like a week or so ago, they put up a demo for Yakuza 7 on the Japanese marketplace. And it's like a 20-minute demo, but I've definitely sunk at least like maybe eight or nine hours into it. Just messing around in the like small part of the city they give you. And I obviously have no idea what's going on because I can't read Japanese, but uh, getting kind of the feel for the new combat system with the RPG stuff, summoning, casting spells. Have you uh, have you talked about this at length on this show yet? Oh, no. no. I feel like we no. should contextualize this because Yakuza was one of those things where like, if you're into it, you're into it. But if yeah. you're not, you're yeah. like, what yeah. are these people saying? <laughs> uh, Yakuza 7 is suddenly a turn-based RPG. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I didn't know that. What? Yeah, right? Oh, you should read. There's, there's yeah, an article on GameSpot. There's a gallery on GameSpot. It's like the 20 biggest changes to yeah, uh, Yakuza 7. So it was supposed Ooh. to be, it, it started out as an April Fool's video, right? Yeah. yeah. There's an April Fool's video and they're like, Yakuza's going turn-based. And then what? Four or five months later, they're like, they're like that's oh. actually Yakuza 7. <laughs> so there are a whole bunch of people who were like, oh, this doesn't seem so bad, actually. And then but they no, like, seriously, oh, actually... I am actually pregnant. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick question. Yes. Did anyone in the demo say, like, Hisashi Booty Na? Not that I can Because there's always, you always hear Hisashi Booty Na. Yeah? yeah. So it's also a brand. means long time no see. Oh. <sighs> It, it probably happens. It's also time. a brand new protagonist, so maybe it hasn't. Oh, so there's uh, no time for Hisashi yeah. Booty. Yeah. He's, he's like Ichiban. A, well, they did a dumb thing with the trailer, but uh, yeah, they, oh, yeah. yeah, there are yeah. there are returning characters like uh, you know Onomichio, the the tangerine headed uh, soup mascot. Or whatever. Mascot. I know that one yeah. because that was in the the um. You can get that that girl. In yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was you can have a Onomichiko. Onomichiko, yeah. yeah. The, the the gender swapped soup See, headed. Onomichiko yeah. was one of our best girls. Oh yeah, so there, there are two of them. One of them is really good at talking, and one of them is really good at uh, another thing. Like they both excel like completely in one <laughs> specific thing. Aww. Yeah, I feel like really we've like we got Callie a little bit into we we burned through the entire hostess club thing in in Kiwami too. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, that was Which, like our house activity for like several got, nights in a row. That's I got all we like did. yelled at for playing it without everyone in the room. Like that was a family yeah. activity, and I was like squandering and we were like, it. Her hair looks bad. Change it. They were like, go fight bicycle men or something. So, like, have you guys gone back and done the the one in zero yet? No. You should do it because the story ties together. And you'll, it'll probably work pretty well in reverse because you'll be like, oh, I recognize that person. Because they're all they adult video starlets. They are that too. Yeah. all um, um, but no, so, so, models. Yes. Gravre. Um, <laughs> so going back, like, so Yakuza 7, like, I've, I'm actually, I'm working on a piece right now. Like, so how, how does one start doing Yakuza? And it's sort of like, where do you even jump in there? But like 7 seems like it could very easily be like kind of a good kind of soft reboot yeah, type yeah. of thing. Uh, like it's they're doing kind of a Resident Evil thing where it's in Japan where it's always been called Ryogo Gatoka 
it's going to be called Ryoga Gatoka colon Yakuza and stateside it's going to be called Yakuza like a dragon. Oh. Like yeah. a dragon is what it always the name yeah. original name translated too so now yeah. they're actually using that name in its subtitle for Ryuga the Ryuga Gatoku. Yeah. yeah. Which is RGG. interesting because the main character has a carp dragon tattoo on his back which the carp fights up the stream to become a dragon like a like a dragon like a magic trying carp? to amount like a magic carp just like a magic See, carp I, I understand that. brought it back around yeah. See, that's if, the story of Yakuza yeah how magic carp turns into Gyarados Ryuga okay. Gyarados right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so this is like a it's a brand new area it's Yokohama mm-hmm. it, and it's a little corner of the world to explore and yeah they, they give you like a, a good kind of like quadrant there's a whole bunch of mini games they let you do a little bit of karaoke which is really fun because now you have people in your party so you have like a group of four people that all represent different classes for RPGs. Uh, the first two you get, one of them is like a like a bruiser damage type. Uh, you end up playing like a tank with your default class, and the other guy has got like an umbrella and he's a healer spellcaster. What? Uh, so <laughs> he'll like he'll he'll like focus up and like breathe fire after like out at people with like a like a bottle of alcohol. In, in hand in karaoke or oh i mean not in karaoke but uh so wait is karaoke still like a single player experience or is it like are you playing are you basically controlling all of them to <laughs> so is it like a barbershop you're, quartet simulator <laughs> you're singing as uh one character but everyone jumps in and has their own chorus parts so if you have more people in your party more people sing god i can't wait for this game yeah right <laughs> uh, uh what so people love the combat of yakuza is it does do you like this change or do you think you're going to miss the so beat em up I, style? I love the beat em up stuff, but uh, the way that they've taken the idea of like a turn-based battle and like put a whole bunch of Yakuza stank all over it, yeah, it, it appeals to me in almost every way that no other RPG has. It's It's got like a weird physics system. So if you like do a low attack, it could trip someone up and they'll fall over and then you can run up as another person to do a dam- like a more higher damaging attack. Two person who's downed. Heat moves are still in the game. You can, yeah, huh. heat moves are still in the game. You can summon a bunch of uh, crabs, uh, crabs to attack someone uh, <laughs> by calling them on your cell the... phone. Yeah, I'm your hype man. Uh, crabs, <laughs> it's lit. After you, <laughs> after you kick the shit out of them, do they like get up and be like, "Oh, it's good fighting with you." I'm so, back, going back to work. This now. is the other best thing. So uh, Ichiban, the the new protagonist, is a big fan of Dragon Quest in the game. Ichiban, what? Yep. Yes, and in, in the trailer, got the rights to say Dragon Quest yeah. and make references to Dragon Quest in it. Oh my so, god! Yeah. Wait, in, in the trailer, he he, uh, in, he he looks at the it's on New Year's Day yeah. and he's watching the fireworks. Is like. When he's young, he's looking at this. It's like we're gonna we're gonna be heroes, just like Dragon Quest, just like in Dragon Quest. And so he loves the canonically, he loves Dragon Quest. Yeah, and it influences every aspect of his life, including the battles. Where every time you get into a fight, it does like a weird like RPG wipe side side thing, and then everyone changes their outfits to whatever class they are, (laughs) and it changes all the people that you're fighting into like angry looking thugs. Oh my god! So like. The the tank class, like you get like an ascot and like you roll your sleeves up and you so, get gloves. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the way they the way they contextualize this is this is a universe where you are like it's still a Yakuza game, but it's a guy who's like delusional enough to be like, Yes, I am in a JRPG. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I mean, my god. Think about it that way. <laughs> like you, you walk out of your apartment in the morning and there's like a like a, a, a bat stuck in the in the, the ground and all your party members walk up to it and they're like, Oh, we can't pull it out. What do we do? And Ichiban's like Get out of the way! I got this. 
pulls it up, holds it up to the sky, like energy shoots up, and he's like, yeah, we're doing it. And it's just, it's oh, everywhere throughout the whole thing, and it's wonderful. And his name is Ichiban? Yes. Kasuga Ichiban. Uh, he's, he's number one. He's number, number one. one. Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> he's he's kind of like an inverse Kiryu in a weird way, in that Kiryu's hair is like down and in, his is out. Uh, he's got a red suit with a white shirt. Kiryu's got the white shirt. Oh my god! Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I didn't even put that. Yeah. And uh, his personality is his a lot. So he, he's like a, a big kid. He's yeah, a big basically. goofball, right? Yeah. I saw like one of the trailers, he's like, like the reason he gets in trouble is that he eats a whole bunch of ramen and doesn't have money for it and then like fights the owner of the ramen shop or something like <laughs> I, I, it wouldn't surprise me I don't me know like I've been, I've been sort of like looking at all the all the promotional stuff with like one eye where I'm just like oh I'm gonna play this side I shouldn't spoil it but I also mean, I'm some, curious some of, some of the setup is also that that Yakuza melodrama that you always expect because then thing is like he has to take in the trailer the thing goes is that he has to take the fall for one of his mm. um something that a fellow Yakuza messed up he's like I've been waiting for this moment to pay like talking to his boss like I've been waiting to pay my debts to the clan, so I will I will do this for you. And when I come back, like I'm gonna be, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope when I come back. So he gets out of jail, and then no Which one's is there for him. Kind of similar to the Kiryu clan. and Nishiki. Yeah, 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 and like, oh, the clan's gone. What's going on here? So that's the kind of setup. Also, he's I'm, voiced by Nishiki's voice actor and has the same back tattoo. And a lot of parallels. There's a lot going on. Yep. It sounds dope, and also it sounds like a Yakuza game just for Jake. There you go. Who loves Dragon Quest? Yeah, it, the, listening to you guys talk about it, I'm like, this sounds interesting. Dragon Quest is who publishes that? Square Enix. That's Square. Yes. Okay, that's Square. Yeah. So, the, and this is a Sega Atlas game. I think so. Yeah. Well, so they Sega. they could have been like, oh, I love Fantasy Star, but they're like, no, nah, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to get this. Um, but yeah, the the side versions are also still good. So you got to mention them. Like we were talking about karaoke before. Uh, it's got actual Yakuza Kart which plays just like Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, I saw you playing a Yakuza Kart game, and I was like, what the f yeah. going on? <laughs> uh, so it actually has, like, the having to do the, the hop into the slide and everything, and you get, like, power-ups and boosts. And rocket launchers on you, your cart. I was like, oh, cool, like, there's guns on the front of the cart, I get it. And then he got a rocket launcher one, and he just straight up pulls a rocket launcher out and just shoots, like, dead ahead of him. I think this might be Callie's first Yakuza game. I <laughs> see, well, I started um, Kiwami. I did start Kiwami. Um, I, this just sounds, this sounds just great. Yeah. Um, honestly, although, like I, I love, I love Kiryu deeply. He's, I think my favorite video game character, but yep. it, it's honest. It's I, sorry, snake, but yeah. Uh, sorry, Geralt, <laughs> but, uh, but like it honestly, like he's, you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of, he's a stuffy old boomer. Like he's literally an old, like he's an old man. Like he's kind of like, I don't know. How I but feel he's about definitely, this. he's definitely not a boomer. He's very ex accepting. Right, he's very open-minded. No, but he's literally part of the baby boom. Like his, oh yeah, like he's literally yeah. a boomer, yeah, yeah, but he's not yeah. like a boomer in energy. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. No, that was a we, weird revelation on the Yakuza game subreddit where they were like, "Majima's a boomer? What is this?" <laughs> it's like, this Wikipedia. It's like <laughs> baby boom. This age range, but no, like I, I think it, it'll be nice to have like a new protagonist who's like maybe a little more stoked on things. You mm -hmm. know? Sure. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Also, like I feel like the most exciting stuff that happens in random battles in Yakuza games is not the moment-to-moment -moment beat 'em up stuff. It's always like the weird heat actions and like yeah. strange, you know, QTEs. So mm -hmm. yeah. it, it does feel like you kind of just get fed more of that stuff because a lot of the attacks that you queue up are like, here's business lady, and her attack is she like hits someone with her purse and then does like a spinning roundhouse kick to someone like as her basic attack. Uh, tag yourself. That's me. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff and just messing around with it, trying to find all there is to find. I think I've touched on almost everything that's in the demo, which, like I said, it's a 20, 20 minute long thing. Like if you well, just play straight so through. So play it again and keep your ears open for he says she booty. Um, because that's just how you like ratchet up the drama. Sekiro, so many characters are like, he's such a duty me. Like, just it is the most villainous thing to say. So anyway, I think Jake wants to move on to news. Uh, well, I Disco. did want I didn't want to talk about Disco Elysium oh, because not, I've been playing that all week and I <laughs> am absolutely adoring it. Well, it looks like you. It's hard to adore because it's so depressing and yeah. like. In my defense, Jake looked like he wanted to like move on. And I thought it was like, oh, we got to get to the next segment. Well, you know. we do need to move on. So I'm going to I'm going to speak quickly <laughs> and briefly about uh, Disco Elysium, uh, especially because Lucy and Tomorrow already talked about it quite a bit. And I don't think I've made it much further than they have in terms of what they talked about on the podcast. But I am just absolutely enamored with that game. And the there's so much to talk about. Uh, the the care all the writing is fantastic. Like I think it is some of the best writing I've seen in a video game. Not like slightly better, but by like a mile. The way the world is fleshed out, the way the characters respond to you, and it feels like a detective game. It feels like you're chasing up different leads. You're pushing on witnesses. There's some very difficult decisions you have to make throughout that. Like you wake up, as we've talked about before, you wake up in this hotel room, ass up pretty much naked just in your underwear you don't know who you oh, are I'm sorry face down ass up or oh, yeah yeah face okay. down that's ass the up. way we like to solve <laughs> mysteries exactly <laughs> uh but but you wake up completely confused your character doesn't know who you who he is you don't know where you are you don't know anything about this world in you know in retrospect i feel like that's the only way you could really tell a story in this world because the writer whose name i wrote down because i didn't want to forget but i can't find it now robert Kurvitz spent 10 years writing this world and this game took three years to develop uh so it he's definitely thought of everything uh and it definitely helps knowing that your character also doesn't know this you're kind of learning things with him but it feels like a detective game how you're pushing on different different witnesses uh different sources you kind of have to bargain with people you may not want to in order to get the information you need like you could spend a whole day not making any progress and then all of a sudden something clicks and you're like, wait a second, I can put these two together. Maybe if I come back, talk to this person or this thing happened, now that this happened, maybe I can bring that evidence to this character and push them further. But what I found more interesting is that you wake up and everyone hates you right off the bat because it's established that you're kind of a dick. You are a dick or whoever you were before. Yeah, private dick. Yeah, yeah. private a regular dick. Regular gumshoe, see? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, that's literally what people call him in the game early on. Uh, and you finally, I finally meet this guy who's pretty friendly. He's a, he's a lorry driver, which is basically just truck driver. Carries a bunch of cargo around. Oh, he's a lorry driver? Yeah. A porter, you say? A porter, oh. yeah. Oh. Uh, and he's the only friendly person, and I've been talking to him a while, and he's pretty open. He's answering questions about the world that I have. He's... I'm asking about the murder in, that, that I'm investigating, and, he, and he's pretty open. And then I find out he knows something about a woman who apparently is trafficking drugs. And unfortunately, I pissed off all the other lorry drivers because one was a racist, and I told him to fuck off. I gotta remember to bleep that. <laughs> uh, and, and there was a couple other ones. One yeah. guy was just trying to sell me sneakers, and I was like, I don't want your sneakers. Just tell me what the deal is. And he, was, <laughs> he, was like, he was like, officer, I'm, I'm fine. I don't do anything. I keep my nose clean. And it's like, all right. And finally, I found out that the only person who knows and who I could get to talk is this guy who is very nice. And I bring it up and he's like, 
come on, man, please don't do it. Like we've had a nice conversation. I don't want to rat this person out. Like I, I, I know, I know bits about her, but I really don't want to share. There's so many other lorry drivers. Can you just talk to one of them? And I'm like, sorry, dude. Like I pissed literally everyone <laughs> off. Like I, this is, you're the only person who can help me with this. And he's like, all right. So I kind of had to be a dick and convince him to tell me. And now he doesn't like me. And it's kind of a, a downer, but, but I find that super interesting how there's all these like very difficult choices you have to make. And it, it feels like you have two angels on your shoulder, right? Like a devil telling you to do d- different things and, and the angel telling you to do good things. And it's basically how I guess psychology manifests in this game yeah. and how like you're like basically when you start the game, you will invest in different skills. And depending on what those skills are, those are basically the voices in your head that are telling you different information. Like if you, if you go into perception, if you, if you, uh, what's the word invest into perception, then you'll see things like, huh, this mud, I, I see footprints here. I wonder how many footprints. And if your perception is high enough, you can figure out how many footprints are there. If it's low enough, it won't even come up. But you can also like jack it up too high where you'll be getting a bunch of useless information that has nothing to do with the case. And then you find yourself asking the stupidest questions to people and they're like, yeah, okay. Like, wow, so you can make yourself so smart you're socially incompetent? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> they, and they give you warnings about it too. Really? So, yeah, yeah, for example, there was this... I, I, I like. Do I want to play this? <laughs> Max, yes, you do. I, I walk up to this control and I'm like, well, I got to hit the button. So I hit the button and I move this container and I walk up and I look at the container and there's an option like... I wonder what's in this container. I bet something in something important's in this container. And I turn to my partner and he's like, there are millions of containers here. There's nothing important in this container. And then I go up and bang on it. And he's like, there's who cares? There's so many, we've got a dead guy hanging from a tree and you're trying to figure out what's in one of 1 million containers here. And I'm like, all right, I'll move on. So I talk to a guy and my first option is what's in that container over there. So, <laughs> so of course I ask him, I'm like, what's in the container over there? And he's like, I don't know. There are millions of containers, probably nothing. And and my partner turns to me and he's like, he's like, I told you. So I was like, okay, fine. So if you try to play this like you're playing a Bethesda game where you just open every box and basket and bucket, you're gonna be yeah. Like, Everyone's like, <laughs> no, stop. Why would you do that, you strange person? <laughs> exactly. And then I go to another guy after, and one of the things I can ask him is what's in the container. And I do the same thing still. And my partner's just like, for f-ck's sake. And he's like, I don't know. There are millions of containers. Who cares? And I'm still trying to open the container because I was like, well, I want to open the container now because <laughs> I've, I've, I've already like, there's got to be You've something. You've really gone down the path. Yeah, exactly. I'm already so far down this rabbit hole. Uh, and, and it's really interesting because there's probably nothing in this container, but the way it's written, the way you're interacting with all these characters, and even though it's probably not important in the grand scheme of things, it just feeds into this, this ridiculous, not even ridiculous cop, this believable cop. Just like the tapestry of who he is. No, it indulges indulges you. Exactly. And it is just like the the perception and stuff that also uh, feeds into dice rolls and stuff. So there is no actual like combat in this game. And I think Lucy and Tamora talked about that. Instead, it's all done through dice rolls, which I think works pretty well in that context. Honestly, I can't imagine having to balance a combat system on that game as well. Um, Sometimes combat systems feel you're like, oh, Got to take a break from the part I'm enjoying to do a fight. Now I can get back mm. to the story. Like I, it seems like this is the kind of game where I'm gonna be like, "Thank God, I don't have to take a break to fight something." I'm reading. It sounds like you're oh, fighting yeah. yourself. But as Ooh, as, as people have said yeah. before, though, 
there's there's a lot of reading in this game. If you're not like this isn't a game for everyone. There is some yeah, voice especially acting. Especially if you can't read, like don't play it. I do can't we read. <laughs> do we know if that's coming to Switch? Because that I seems like a, a good platform for a thing you read on, given that it's like a portable, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, book like tablet object. Well, they better get the text size right. Yeah, right. Because yeah. yeah. like, damn. Um, I hope it comes to Switch and they do something similar to Divinity, where you can, where it's got cloud saves between the two, because I think that would be really smart. Because yeah. It, it, it is, it is, it is an RPG, but it is a visual novel. There's a little bit of voice acting. Uh, and I think some of the voice acting, even though the recording quality is pretty bad, like I'm kind of curious. I want to know where they recorded those. Like some of it just sounds like, I don't know. They it's recorded it like, it, it, yeah, it, it, some of it's, it sounds weird, but the voice acting itself is pretty good, but every conversation only starts with voice acting and then it just fades out into, um, the, the text. That's kind of interesting because it can set the tone for the conversation. So, but you don't, cause sometimes I feel awkward having to like list like because i'm cutting people off because i'm reading faster than they can talk you know so, yeah like I, not to flex but like i can read at a normal pace no i, I, I do that i do like the weird like the yeah, skippy the, thing yeah yeah, yeah. I, luckily I, yakuza games are mostly not, not <laughs> they've got two separate skip hey, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um i've definitely done a fair share of just glancing over certain parts of it um but i think having the voice is there at the beginning is super important just because you immediately get an idea of what that character is because I think yeah, if you didn't hear them, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. There'd, be, there'd be like a disconnect. Like, like reading it is one thing, and he even offers like descriptions, like he smiled wryly or whatever it might be. But I think when you hear the voice, it just kind of recontextualizes who this character is. Like the guy trying to sell me sneakers, and he's like, "No, Mister Officer, I would never do." It. It's like you hear that guy, and it's like, "All right, You're this like, guy okay, is Mister J." Like yeah, exactly, <laughs> I'm like this guy's this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, I have a a stupid service level question. I've been totally like intrigued by this game based on stuff i've heard about it i've been also kind of like on media blackout is it set in like contemporary modern day or like is it is it like a fantasy realm is it like how not how not realistic it is but like how how much of it is is so so it is it is an alternate universe it seems like it's a different planet different continents different races mm. different people different uh like everyone still looks like humans and whatnot um but there's not. It's not like Shadowrun. There's not like elves and stuff running around. Or no, there's no elves. It's all so like it's it's humans. realistic, but in an alternate universe. Exactly. Is it contemporary? Are there cell phones and stuff there are like no that? cell or phones? It, there are. It's in the seventies. Telephones. I'm sure. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, okay. I think in the game it's like in the fifties, but it definitely seems like the seventies mm. because discos in it and and co they, they, like communism is a big. Uh, topic everyone oh, wants to talk about communism. So it's kind of got like some 50s elements some I feel like okay so bear with me I think the 70s stuff great decade for investigating serial killers oh, right yeah. you got all of that going on really big a lot of progress made here you go and then, <laughs> and then the 50s you have more of like the the gritty detective and you can kind of combine those th i like that I'm yeah I, I i think you in particular will really like this game it sounds like a cali ass game the only hang up and i talked about you with this earlier is that there are a lot of typos uh which oh, i've noticed no. and i don't notice that stuff normally so there's probably a lot more that i haven't picked up on uh which i guess is understandable because i imagine that team was relatively small and they must have had i don't know yeah Hundreds and, like, and hundreds and hundreds of pages of text that they had to go through. Typos don't make for bad writing. No, not at all. It's just going like I think from by all accounts the writing is excellent. 
But Jake was telling me about this earlier because I am 100% the kind of person, if I'm reading a book, I am editing as I go because editing is my job. I mean, I've been doing this since I was like 13. I just, I, I, when I read Twilight, dude, I was editing Twilight. Uh, like I was like, hmm, I'm so sorry. Don't, she don't read used that. A different word. No. So anyway, she should have skipped the why, second book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she um, should have. So that's why Jake cautioned me against that because it's it might distract me but i feel like from everything i've heard we gave the game a 10 from everything i heard i I think it's it's some fantastic writing a really special game i'm really sad it's not on switch because we're leaving for thanksgiving i already texted my brother who has a pc at my parents house be like i'm using your pc i have to do something important (laughs) so yeah, I, yeah. I also want to like make sure to to hit on just the dumb, stupid stuff you can do in that mm-hmm. game because it's my favorite stuff. Uh, you can literally kill yourself in like the first five minutes by having a heart attack because you're not physically fit enough to grab your tie. Yeah, that <laughs> happened to me. I, I your tie is on a on a fan, and I reached to grab it, and it was like your heart like stops, you fall over, and I was like, and then it's just game uh, over, and it's like you died of a heart attack. I'm gonna re-roll your I character. heard you can you can interrogate somebody and threaten to kill yourself as a form of interrogation yeah, yes. where you're like, I'm going to count to five. And the, the person's <laughs> can, like, well, that's weird. I don't think you should do that. And you're like, four. And you're like, <laughs> they're like, please don't kill yourself. And it's like, three. And then you shoot yourself in the head. And they're like, Game well, over. That, that's messed up. <laughs> there's, there's literally a moment where you and your partner can like agree on something and nod back and forth. And if you continually nod, you'll start losing health and you'll eventually break your neck because you've nodded too much. Like, okay, I need to play this game. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, when, I I, think, when I talk about like pushing the edges of the raptor fences with video games, yeah. like that's exactly the kind of stuff uh, I want. I was, I was just irate with Outer Worlds because you could not make your health or your intelligence completely non-existent. It was like Aww. below average. And I was like, well, I have that every day. <laughs> yeah, this, this is all, all I, about mind stuff specifically. I, I made a, an, a completely empathetic character. So anytime I do anything, I get like, oh, these people are, are thinking this or they've done this to make you Ooh, think this. Ooh, a so social like, anxiety character. Yeah. So anytime like there, there's a, a first quest, you get to like sing karaoke and your character's like, I'm going to sing karaoke here. It's my destiny. I've got to do it. And, th- and then it, it cuts to like three of my empathy like voices and it's like, you look out at the crowd and none of them look like they want to hear you sing. So you probably shouldn't. <laughs> oh, God. That's just my everyday yeah. life. I'm not going to spec into empathy. Or, um, one thing I really want to ask before, uh, like I know we're wrapping up this conversation probably. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember. I literally launched into that whole little thing. What the, f- oh, does it run on Mac? Sorry. I actually don't know. I was going to check today to because see if I can bring my laptop I was going to bring my, my work laptop because my, my uh, home laptop I got in 2011 and it doesn't, I played Undertale on it, but it really doesn't run. I'm going to guess it wouldn't run on that. No, but I'm a work laptop. I was going to run it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll look because I'm curious too if it runs on Mac, but for some reason I don't I don't think it does. I have would, Steam on. It would be really have, cool if uh, if uh, Disco Elysium was on Stadia. Oh, is that your segue? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, there are two more things I do want to say about Disco Elysium. Yeah, Just to I, piggyback I, off Ben, there is a, which we've talked about in the office office before, but your character's a, an alcoholic, and early on, there's just like spilt rum on the table, and you have the option to lick it off the table if you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. lick that rum right away <laughs> just to get it. I would do that too. Sure. And then, like, I specced into authority, so I get whenever there's a conversation about like I don't know who's got the bigger dick or whatever, I get a voice telling me like, 
like, all right, don't talk to him. You shouldn't talk to him. Make him say the first word. So there'll be a scene and I'll walk up and it'll be like, don't talk to him. Make sure he says the first word. So I'll say, say nothing. He won't say anything. Say nothing. He won't say anything. <laughs> say nothing. He won't say anything. And then finally he'll just go like, so uh, what's up? <laughs> it's it's good stuff. I highly recommend playing that game if you're cool with Reading. all of the text because it yeah. is a lot of text and like I said, that world is dense uh, and you don't need to know all of it in order to understand what's going on. Like at the end of the day, you are just trying to solve a murder. But I think if you want to get the most out of it, uh, you'll have to do that. And, and there is a character, I think Lucy mentioned this too, there is a character whose main purpose is just to, there's an option like, all right, fill me in, what's going on in the world? And she's just got dialogue trees on dialogue trees on dialogue trees of what's going on in this world. Um, it's not on Mac. It's on a Mac. Damn. Yeah. So, Sounds like that game accounts for every decision you make. Except so. for playing on Mac. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except platform. Because it, like thinking about it, it sounds intimidating, but especially when you start to spec out your character, because I played a little bit of it too. It's like, oh my God, do I need to min-max on something? It's like, no, just go with something and roll with it and the game will take care of you. Mm -hmm. and, and you do level up your character and you do get more skill points and stuff, but the way it's structured, it doesn't really want you to like max out your character all their specs like yeah. it once you'd have weaknesses that you have to get around yeah anyway play that game it's very good good game stadia michael oh, you want to tell us about stadia is that the first uh, news topic that we're yeah hit? i got rid of the pokemon <laughs> review because oh, we talked about that and we talked about star wars so i figured we'd just go right to stadia because we've already been going breaking news stadia it's more like we can go through this relatively quickly because you guys have like a a video yeah up uh, on it right more like steady uh that's what it says that, here is that, yeah. <laughs> that is what it says yeah google stadia is I've, it's weird to think about i mean i guess we have a new gaming platform out there in the market or something like that it's uh if <laughs> yeah i mean if you get your activation key in the internet yeah works, it's, uh, it's, hey yeah. Folks are supposed to be getting their activation keys this week, or they were supposed to get them on launch day, uh, even if you weren't going to get your launch package. That's a whole nother thing. Oh, my God. The, the first thing <laughs> I will say, there are layers. The first thing I'll say about Stadia is that it is all over the place. There's so many facets that Stadia is trying to offer as a service and as a platform, few of which are actually present on launch day. So I kind of don't know what direction to go in, but I guess I'll just start by what the actual moment-to-moment -moment experience is like playing games on Stadia. So my first concern was input lag. Like if I move the stick right, how long is it going to take for my aiming reticle to move right along with it? Because when I played at GDC t uh, this year, that was a huge concern playing Doom. So playing the Doom demo on the GDC floor and I was playing keyboard and mouse. So that shit needs to be on point if I'm a buy into this. And it was not impressing at all. I'm like, oh, yo, like it's cool that it's running, but if it, if it's running like this, it's a no go for me. Uh, that part has improved by quite a bit. It's still not a hundred percent there, but I am input input lag has kind of uh, at least it's good enough. So I'm playing Destiny Two on Stadia, and I'm like, okay, if I'm playing a controller, I can kind of forget about the latency that is present. Uh, but if I'm playing keyboard and mouse, it's a little bit more noticeable. But overall, it has improved since those that time playing the demo. My bigger concern, surprisingly, is what it actually looks like. So I'm playing in a mainly through a Chrome browser, 
booting up off uh, stadia.com and then say hey you you can boot this game start playing right now on your chrome browser I'm like, all right let's let's get it it's playing 1080p on my 1080p monitor so and i have a wired internet connection here at work so uh it's best conditions possible for this and i am noticing mad image compression uh, especially playing red dead redemption 2 and that opening sequence when you're you're horseback riding through the snow and Ooh, it's just compression can't look good on that. Yeah. Huh? Oh my god, yo! It, it is, it is. <laughs> Max's face was so like you had something really sour. It's just like blocks of colors that kind of look bad. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. Uh, and. It's super noticeable in that case. You know, when I'm playing Destiny 2 and I'm sitting a little bit further away from my monitor, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can jive with this. But if I'm playing Red Dead 2, which is a game that is supposed to be visually stunning, that I'm supposed to be paying attention to for its finer details, if it looks like this, nah, fam, I'm just like, yo, you can get yourself like a, a PS4 Slim bundle or an Xbox One S bundle and roll with that. Um, it's uh, for a game like that, it's. I don't know. It's kind of disappointing. You know how they like launched their announcement with a trailer for Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like maybe, you know, like an isometric turn-based RPG might have been a, you know, better experience yeah. to sort of maybe. Is, maybe. Yeah. I think I, literally as soon as I put my hands on it and played Destiny like 3 minutes and I was like I literally could never play a, like a driving game on this. There's, yeah, there's no way that you could like make the braking and turning stuff like apparently Samurai Showdown is almost unplayable right now too. Yeah. I don't uh, doubt yeah. it. I mean, MK11 was okay, uh, just because of the nature of that game is a little bit slower, and you can tweak the the timing windows for the inputs and stuff. So I was playing. I was like, okay, yeah, uh, this this works. It it looks fine. Depends on how close you sit to it. And then like, boy, I'm not. So the Founders Edition packages also came with Chromecast Ultra because that's the only way to play 4K for now. And it is Chromecast Ultra just like makes things mad complicated to set up. Uh, Jeez. I mean, I, it sounds j just to, because like Peter wrote about it, uh, Peter Brown, the, the, from talking to you about it, basically from talking to everybody about it and from reading Peter's impressions, it sounds like it's just like underbaked. Like there, it's like a, it's like a proof. Of, it seems like a proof of yeah, concept. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. It, it feels like an early access or a beta thing so that they, that they didn't want to say that that's what it is. Like, Oh, founders edition. You, that's a that's guess beta. a nicer way. Yeah, it's it's a beta. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember how they launched Chromebooks? No. no. There was a there was a raffle for like free Chromebooks, and there were these <laughs> weird little like super underpowered laptops. I had one for a minute. They were soup. They were very strange. They had like that, um, you know that like rubberized coating they put on like pl hard plastic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It shed it off in a heartbeat. Like but it was it was weird because it was it was a cheap laptop that you know, had USB ports on it, had a touchpad. It felt like a if you bought a bootleg like MacBook kind of. <laughs> yeah. But it had this like rubberized grip on it and there was no operating system. It was just Chrome. It's Chrome. You would just open right, it up yeah. and you're like, oh, it's a, yeah, it's Chrome. But that was a free thing that they gave out. And they were like, who who wants one? And they they shipped them out. It was kind of similar to how they did Google Cardboard where they were like, here's a yeah. thing we're toying with. Give it a shot. And I mean, even Google Glass, which was a kind of a failed experiment, I think, where they were like, we're... These are only for select people. Like they, they didn't make it like a product you could buy. Like they weren't trying to actually sell you on it. And in this case, it feels like, oh, this is a holiday window console launch. Yeah, that it's, isn't there yet. There, mm -hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that are set to be coming in 2020. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of that because it's mad complicated, or it's not complicated. It's more of like there's just a lot of uh, smaller things that. Um, 
I guess uh, would make this thing a lot more attractive that uh, you could find out on GameSpot.com for all that stuff. But initially they were going to launch on launch day for like with like 12 games and they're like, damn, over the weekend they're like, psych, we're launching with 10 more. So you got 22 games now. And you have to, so you have to, for the founders, you have to pay $130 to buy the founders edition or the premier edition. And then, so that's how you get all your stuff. And on top of that, after three months, you're gonna have to pay $10 a month to keep this thing going if you want to get the Stadia Pro stuff. And then you have to buy the games on top of that. They're, in, with that on top of all the other hoops you have to jump through, it's it's just too much for what they're trying to pitch this as. Like because, why why get this over a regular console at that yeah. point? And yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like I'd rather go like if I was gonna go into streaming uh, games, I feel like I'd just stick with my Xbox and wait until I forget the the X Cloud yeah, rolls X-Cloud, out. Yeah. Pretty good because they already have tests of that that people can access. Mm. <clears throat> so I feel like it's just a matter of months, if not weeks, and then they're gonna have that. And like for me. Normally, I have no interest in Stadia, but hey, it's on Xbox. I might as well give it a shot. And rather than me banking like, all right, if it doesn't work at launch, that's fine. I can still download the game. I can play games mm-hmm. on my Xbox. I can get a disc. But, you know, maybe a couple months it works. And it's not like I just spent $130 on something that isn't really working out. Uh-huh, and then I'm going to have to buy the game's monthly service. Yeah. And just, then uh... XO19 where they said, hey, we're lo- xCloud is also going to integrate uh, game Pass. Mm-hmm. That's wild because yeah. Game yeah. Pass is already lit. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna, yeah, Game Pass is worth that. Almost <laughs> instantly. And if it's like, hey, uh, we're gonna merge X Cloud and Game Pass together in some sort of way, like, yo, that's 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 where it's at. That's not actually happening though, right? Like, that's is that happening? What? Oh, uh, yeah. They they mentioned they are, at XO19 that they are merging. They're gonna Stadia I, and no, 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 oh, not Stadia. X Cloud and Game Pass. Project X Cloud. Okay, okay. Microsoft streaming. I think service. we did kind of get you're, lost yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, you're I, saying it would be cool if Game Pass was on Stadia. No, I'm just saying that the the prospect of having X Cloud tied to Game Pass is way better than right, the prospect right, right, of right, going right. Stadia. Stadia. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, Sorry, we, I thought I was like, oh, Microsoft's no, no, no. really <laughs> just getting out there, just trying. It got to a things. little. It got a little muddy when yeah, we were talking yeah. about X Cloud. But yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, there's a lot, a lot more going on, and that's not to say that I'm like shit talking Stadia straight up. It's like, I mean, I want this thing to succeed. Uh, it's it has a lot of work cut out for it to appeal to people like us, because like if the pitch is like, hey, this is gonna, we're going to make this simple for people who don't really uh, know much about games. It sounds like it's too complicated for the kind it's of person. It's still in a state where it's you have to think about too many things yeah. to get to that I, point. Like a so. big sort of mental exercise I do a lot is like, who is this for? If something doesn't appeal to yeah, me, I'm like, who? But who would this appeal to? And with Stadia, it's honestly like kind of a kind of a brain buster. Like to yeah. be like, where I, I think it's for people who like being an early adopter. Like maybe people who see there's a stigma associated with dedicated gaming hardware, mm-hmm. but don't want to fully invest in like a spec'd out PC. Like maybe they're like, oh yeah, I'm cool with having like a Google product on my coffee table or yeah. like maybe I'm, you know, the people who read game reviews on like on The Verge versus on Polygon, you know, like they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they want that. The tech minded people. Yeah, exactly. Rather, tech yeah. Who, who are like, I want to get on board on this ground floor. But even then it seems like. Small. Pretty, yeah, pretty like steep kind of barrier of entry. Uh, that's for, that's a big question that is probably going to have to be answered over time. Like, who's this for? Because I don't know, man. I mean, if they'd, if they'd done like a weird, like a founder's program that was kind of like an actual, like they can afford to send a bunch of controllers and Chromecast to people to be like, hey, yeah. help us so beta, beta test like, this hardware. Yeah. They just sent the hardware to people to do it. I think sometimes when you don't know what something is for, it's for the people who made it. Like it's for the flex, not even for the flex, like the, the act of figuring out 
like, I don't know. Maybe this is just because, like, my dad's an engineer and I've seen this happen in real time. We're like, the prospect of figuring out a hard problem, even if it's a super janky solution, is like, I did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, dude, my dad, I love my dad. My mom would get so frustrated because my dad was an early adopter of universal remotes with like fancy touch screens. And my mom was like, what the fuck is this? It doesn't work. It doesn't get to any of the channels I want. <laughs> it's not there yet. And he's like, but it's one remote. Yeah. Except you uh, need this universal. other I'm remote. I'm replacing all of these variables with Stadia. Like, yeah. It's like, this doesn't have the games that I want. Well, I mean, dog is streaming. What's like the- yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. like, like uh, in, or like when the Wi-Fi didn't work in our house, my dad went we went into the garage together. He took out his toolbox and we jerry-rigged a, a shelf for the the router because it was a three-story house and we made this janky-ass shelf in the second story, but it was plugged into the first story. And like, <laughs> like, and we were like, well, the Wi-Fi works, but we have this crazy router on the wall held together by like leftover Ikea pieces. Like that's the engineering mindset. And that's what Stadia kind of feels like to me, where it's like, we figured it out. I don't think. Does anyone want it? No. Is it expensive? Yes. Is it janky? Yes. But we are streaming video it's, games. It's the engineer mindset, you know, coupled with marketing money and Google yeah. hubris. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like what, like a, a camel is a horse designed by a committee. Google hubris. Google that. Will you be an early adopter of the hubris? <laughs> Damn, uh, that's, that's I gotta, right. I gotta keep it moving. Keep so it we're gonna moving. move on. XO nineteen. That's some cool stuff that came out of it. Yeah, that new. Uh, what is it? The wild. Ever wild. Wild. Ever wild. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. I'm excited to see what yeah, rares up to. Rare. Yep. Uh, smaller stuff. Other than that, right? Announcement wise, generally, I yeah. have been. I did. I don't even know. I was yeah. doing Pokemon. I published all the trailers for that, and I don't remember. XO19 well, is if like, you're curious a, about what happened at XO19, Yakuza's head on over coming to Game Pass. That's what we're here for. You're gonna get Yakuza Zero, Kiwami One, and Kiwami Two on Game Pass in early 2020. No more excuses. Play it. If you I would highly recommend starting with Kiwami. So if you want to move ahead, you go to Kiwami Two. You want to go back, you go to Zero. Perfect solution. Boom. Hey, I can get behind that. As long as you play it. All right, so that's XO19. <laughs> Half-Life Alex, which we don't know much about right now, other than that it's going to be a VR game, a full-fledged VR game, right? Because it's it is be Wednesday, my dudes. It and is. <laughs> we don't know the news uh, yet, because it's going to happen tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, you already know. So why are we talking about it? So let's move on to listener Go to questions. Spot if you don't know what happened, because we'll definitely have the news. Callie, do you want to read the first question? I would love to, Jake. To Jake and the Weeaboomers, challenge. Shock horror after a downward spiral of dodgy pachinko machines, infamous publisher Konami has put all of its franchises up for sale. Pretty sure Sony published infamous. Ah, <laughs> that was good. Wow. <laughs> wow, Michael. <laughs> As genius business gamers TM, you must decide which Konami game series should go to which developer. Personally, I think Yoko Taro's team should make a Metal Gear game due to their shared bonkers tones. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Plus, Platinum made Metal Gear Rising, so they've already proven themselves. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Keep up the good work. P.S. We have popcorn reading at my school in the UK. Hell yeah. Matt Jones. Thank you, Matt Jones. Uh, so I read ahead, and I there's a lot of Konami games. Obviously, we're not going to go all of them, but I put down six that I think are worth going over quickly. I already kind of came up with my picks. Okay. So I can go through mine while you guys are still thinking of this. Okay. 
I'm going to start with the bottom. Suikoden. Intelligent Systems. Fire okay. Emblem developer. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Castlevania Retro Studios from Nintendo. They <laughs> did some cool stuff with Metroid Prime. So I was like, that, that could work. Ooh. Pez. Psionics. I don't know. This is a big... That's one of their big the cars games. Cars with people. Yeah. Cars <laughs> with people. Uh, <laughs> Silent Hill. Kojima Productions. Yeah! Sony. <laughs> that's what I'm Easy waiting for. Yeah. Sony buys it and just gives it to Kojima. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Frogger, don't care much. Uh, Kojima Productions too. Yeah, sure. Uh, Metal Gear Remedy, maybe? I don't know. Wow, that that I'd like to see a Remedy I didn't, Metal Gear. I didn't expect that, but mm. I can see I don't know if it. they could pull it off. I was kind of curious to see what like a Western developer... Well, they're not Western. Well, they are Western, but I, I would kind of curious to see what a Western developer would do with that series, but mm. also I feel like people mm. would not like that. I feel like they would make it more pro-war. Like mm. Remedy? No, not Remedy, make, uh, but a Western developer. I feel like... I don't know. I feel uh, like... I feel like some people, not anyone at this table, Silicon misinterpret sure, I, I, yeah. Metal Gear's message. Sure, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, yeah. I don't think they'd misinterpret the message, but I think they would I'm have... I'm not saying remedy. I, I think they would have trouble striking that balance between, like, weird shit and, like, serious tones. I, I feel like they'd slant way more to the serious side, or maybe they'd overcompensate and be like... I don't know, Control can have some wacky... Control's it does. Wacky. Their games are too linear, though. Yeah, I guess... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I've got. But that's so an the, interesting pick, though. The games I put: Metal Gear, Frogger, Silent Hill, Pez, Castlevania. So we could then, uh, if you think of another one that you want to talk about, give, give, go so for we, it. Give so we get into Atlas. There you go. I Here. thought that. I thought that too. The reason I picked Intelligent Systems is because uh, they've proved that they can balance so many characters and give stories sure. to all those different characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. And those games had lots of characters in them, but I could see Atlas. Yeah, I'd like to see Intelligent Systems uh, bust out some from different from from Fire Emblem, but you know, yo, this is pine. Blanket blanket statement. Capcom's been doing really well. Why not see what they could do with anything? Yeah, mm. that's good. Interesting. Mm. I I feel like an easy one would have been uh, have from software do a Castlevania. Yeah, game. dude, what's wrong? Oh, with yeah, you? that's yeah. a good one. Just yeah. yeah, make Bloodborne take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Put some chickens <laughs> in the wall. It's fine. Make Jonathan mi- Bloodborne <laughs> finally yeah. takes his shirt Mr. off. Mr. or Mrs. Bloodborne can take their clothes off and fight vampires. <laughs> no, it's Mr. and Mr. Bloodborne. Come on. Is Mr. Is Bloodborne Jonathan Bloodborne? Picture, Mrs. I picture Bloodborne vampire, is named Maria. I picture vampire stuff as being pretty gay. I'm okay. like, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh hell yeah. You, you know, it's you know like, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's you like Bloodborne, but gay. Like <laughs> that would be dope. Tell me that. That, that would is be Castlevania. Dope. Like when you reverse see, engineer it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh Dracula. Oh my god, you're so hot, but also like you're gonna like have bite me and. I didn't have any garlic for dinner. So yeah. <laughs> So you want to take this holy water, bro? You know what I'm saying? That's not flirting. Uh, that's actually, yeah, really dangerous. But damn. <laughs> as, if, as if vampire science is real. Dude, I mean, yeah. It's really dangerous. It's called yeah. phlebotomy and it's a real thing, okay? <laughs> Yo. Uh, I would give Frogger to House House, who did oh, Untitled hey. Goose Game. Oh. Untitled Frog Game. Wow. That's Max. pretty good. That's such that's a really good, good one. <laughs> Damn. You don't have to say for all of them. Just pick and choose. I had the luxury of time and then I was like, what would I do for these when I was looking over them? I know, you were all prepared. It'd be cool as if, uh, wait, who's the developers of Devotion? What's it, Red Candle? Ooh. Make them do Silent Hill. I was trying to think Ooh. of another Silent Hill one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I would give uh, Contra to the Coalition. Oh, yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. Because I think that the problem with Gears is that it's like, it's it's 
too head down on creating its own universe that is actually somewhat grounded in seriousness, but everyone likes the sort of action movie nonsense of it. Shit, yeah. And I want them to <laughs> I want them to bootleg as much as possible the likenesses of Stallone and Schwarzenegger and have them fight the most bootleg xenomorph. I want a, I want a game that looks like the cover of the original Contra. Just really realistic men who can jump unrealistically high and just are just <laughs> shooting shit in three different directions at once and picking up, you know, giant consonants that give them power ups and add yeah. a lot of cursing. And yeah, yeah, I could hell yeah. I could yeah. It's time to stop working. somersaulting in the mud puddles. It's time to start jumping on the flaming platforms, boys. <laughs> Get up there. Oh. Um, you know, God, who would I give Metal Gear to? I mean, yeah, marvelous. I'll give it to Kadrima Productions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe I, Platinum could do a, uh, a Castlevania game also. I, I don't know. Oh, mm. but good to, Platinum. I was wanted to, good platinum. Yeah, to whip a whip a vampire directly in half. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm trying. I, I, whoever gets Metal Gear, I want to make sure David Hayter is is back on that. Yeah. Ooh, who? What developer is most likely to include Colonel? I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks keeps avoiding the guards. Oh. Devolve is a publisher, though. They publish, yeah. Uh, uh, who, what, what developer would do that? I feel like Yoko Taro can do that. <laughs> yeah, Yoko Taro's... That fool, yeah. That fool, yeah. hella by internet. He'd definitely do it. Yeah. I mean, 2B. You know what I'm saying? Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> She's a, not dumb. Oh, no. <laughs> Both of you yeah. cool it over there. <laughs> I've had, Don't Google down. Pokemon. I've had, I've had 50 hours near Automata. It's, Phenomena. Two B's. Nice. <laughs> they Two B's they nice. had to make a, a pants in Final Fantasy fourteen for that near raid that changes your ass shape because of her. Yep. <laughs> to be out here wearing most those influential. pants gives your character a different backside. Yep. Like, Shouts out to Two B. Dude, how do I get those in real life? That if I knew, I'd tell you. So cool. Any any last minute ideas for this this Konami buyout? Mm. No, I'm not. Great. I'm, Konami I'm, I'm not creative at all. Uh, so this good. is I know uh, this is I love this. This is great. This is like This is a great question. Yeah. No, this is a great question. I this is just <laughs> I am not good at this. <laughs> That's fun. Uh okay, we're gonna move on to the next one. Well, actually, we're gonna skip this one. It's from Sky. Uh I put it on last week hoping tomorrow would read it, but I guess you guys didn't get to it because there's a there's a postscript that's directed towards tomorrow. So we're gonna wait on that one. Cool. Uh we're gonna go right to the next one. Hi games. Hi, GameSpot crew. Some of the gaming mascots are clear. Nintendo obviously has Mario, and Microsoft has Master Chief. But which is the best mascot for Sony? Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, or Ratchet and Clank? And I'm not talking about... <clears throat> sorry. I'm not talking about the great games that console is known for, by which mascots... <laughs> Jeez, I can't read. But, but which mascots help Sony define, <laughs> define Sony's platform... <laughs> Jake can't read. I can't read. But I like Disco Elysium for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> These are all games I've had plenty of fun with in the PS1, PS2 era. What are the pros and cons of each one, and who ultimately wins the title for Sony? And let's just pretend PlayStation All-Stars never happened. Keep being awesome, Sean Yu. Thank you for writing in. Uh, I don't know if we'll have time to get through all of them in like a battle royale to figure out who's the, the best of all, but I guess like... I would immediately write off Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank. Like immediately they can't be the mascot. I don't think they're well known enough. I I think it they're would be... They're the only ones that are owned by Sony. I know, I was going to say like, because I would say you you have to write off Spyro and Crash Bandicoot right away because Activision owns... Both I know, but I feel like 
They also haven't been around since. Wait, no, Ratchet so, Clank. Ratchet Clank's been, but like Jack and Daster hasn't been around since. I don't. So he's Sean specifies that it doesn't have to be modern. Just like what um, would define. So like, but I, I, I would just say Jack and Daxter. I would cut immediately. You know, Sony's mascot is the friends we made along the way. I don't think. Hear me out. What if we cut all of these and we put in Bubsy or Gex? Get the. (laughs) What if we. The gecko with the suit? What if Norman Reedus could be. Yo, I think Bubsy should be the mascot of those like 99 and (laughs) 1 handhelds they sell at the mall. Uh, Bubsy is the only one. Bubsy's got current current games, though. Still coming out. I mean, I I would just say Kratos, I guess. I feel like he's Uh, been around for. I also. Three generations. I feel of like there the has to be an element of uh, whimsy. Child friendliness. Yeah. Whimsy. I mean, like Master Chief is like a um, big, oh, bad military no, man. That but edit, there's... That edit of Kratos, but he's smiling. There you go. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or, awful. Uh, tra- I was say, a tra- <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you, you guys all suck and you're wrong. <laughs> because I, I feel old here, but I want friendly reminder that Crash Bandicoot was the original PlayStation mascot. It, it was, was literally a man in a suit who was in the parking lot of yeah. Nintendo with Yelling a megaphone shouting true. at Nintendo, <laughs> which is like, I, I mean, that's yeah. like, that's borders on shots fired. He was out there being like, hey, cowards, we got 3D. What do you got? Our place, ours plays CDs. What do you, yeah. you got cartridges? <laughs> the console that's... wars back in the day, man. Too bad. Too bad he's not exclusive yeah. to PlayStation. Also, oh, it's, it's, it's Naughty Dog. Mm. Oh right! I'm like that true. was that was the that was the uh, condemned foundation of <laughs> what are now the games that we get excited about, you know? Yeah. So I, how how did that timeline shake out then? So Naughty Dog made games for Sony, but Sony didn't acquire them until after they had sold the rights to like Crash Bandicoot. That's just overthinking it. Though. No, I, I'm not talking about like th- I'm just more thinking like I don't know the timeline of how uh, that all happened. Like, I think Vivendi's who? involved, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. Who owns Crash? Bandicoot? I feel like Vivendi's involved in everything. Somehow. That's either like a new Pokemon or a, a Listen, antidepressant. There's like not... <laughs> three companies, and they all own it's everything. Tencent, Vivendi, and uh, Google. I don't know. Disney, dude. Disney, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Should slap the siphon filter guy on there. I miss him. Oh, Mr. Filter. Yeah, Mr. Filter. Oh. Stephen Filter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Cosmic Kiryu, but you know what? He's on Xbox Game Pass, so yeah. uh, that's not happening. He got tired of waiting around. I know. Uh, uh, Ellie. Aloy. Oh, okay. I think moving forward, okay, you can so use Aloy. Aloy. Just a young teenage girl covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy our games. Yeah, every that's... teenage girl. Aloy. Uh... <laughs> good God. I get, I get it. It's good. <laughs> I, didn't mean... I don't know where you were going okay, with no. that. We apparently took an entirely different interpretation. But <laughs> Michael, do you want to take the next question? <laughs> Did you want to say anything about Aloy versus... Uh... Horizon Ellie? Zero Dawn stuff was in Death Stranding, <laughs> which was very strange, and I feel like maybe they're trying to make that a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was, I it was. That's what's up. Uh, let's see. Last question, Kevin. Sure. Kevin from uh, Hartford, yeah. West Hartford. Yep. Hey, After Darkers, you are given a lamp with an overly particular genie. You get three wishes that can each only can each only be used to affect the behavior and decision making of one game fans, two games media, and three game devs slash publishers, respectively. How do you wish to change each group? This question kind of I don't know. It's, I, I don't know if I want to. You do? I was I was looking at this like I don't. Know I if got I things get to, this. to say, Michael. All right, do you want to start then? Please. We I feel like you floor. should work up to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. I guess off the top of my head, 
So, so you have to change one thing in each of those yes. categories, right? Yeah, yeah so like your first it. wish is how would you change the behavior uh, and decision making? I guess game fans relax. Relax. Yeah, that, that, that's the big one. Relax. Uh, games media. Relax. Relax, <laughs> probably. Devs and publishers. Relax. Oh, yeah. No, no more microtransactions. That's an easy one. I feel like everyone's going to say that, but like, yeah. That's too easy. Yeah. No, no microtransactions. Uh, I would, you know what, what I would say for game dev slash publishers, maybe, um, n not less violence, but more creative ways to create conflict. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to shoot everything. I, I mean, I, I play a lot of shooters and I love, I'm, I got my, my PC gamer equipment to make sure I'm, sh I'm Mr. Shooty McShooty out there. But I don't know. I, I really like creative ways to. Well, Death Stranding is like four AAA games in one that yeah. don't have much combat. Yeah. You shoot your blood. Mm -hmm. At people, or at not at people. Well, I don't know. Are the BTs people? I don't know. But yeah, that that has, like I said, you you're combating the environment. So it's like different different ways to create conflict. And uh, you know, I just not that I have a problem with shooters or anything uh, for the most part. But uh, you know, something to keep in mind, or something I would like to see uh, evolve moving forward. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think for for devs and publishers, I think my thing would be like healthy work environments. Um, I think crunch has been like a really big topic. Like, I think we, we crunch a lot at our jobs and it's really exhausting and ruins your mental health. And I feel like I gained 10 pounds in a month because of it. Um, so I would probably focus on that, like creating healthy work environments in terms of work expectations and work-life balance, but also in terms of division of labor. Um, I really, before I mean, it's changing now, but, um, oh my God, who developed, uh, the game with the, oh my, Dead Cells. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, uh, tw Twin Motion? Yes. Motion Twin? Motion Twin. Motion Twin. Yeah. Uh, Motion Twin had like a, a flat, um, hierarchy. So mm -hmm. everybody, it was a cooperative. Um, I don't think that works for everything, but I was really intrigued by that. Um, so yeah, just reforming the way the work environment is maybe don't release everyone shouldn't release their games in the same two-month window every oh, year oh wow that's a good say, one wow. that's a good one that's a good one mine yeah. for them would be to slow down and take their time and that kind of works with a lot of stuff like no crunching mm -hmm. no releasing all at once like just kind of like make your thing and don't worry about when it comes out make sure it's good i mean and make sure yeah. you're happy relax 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 is a good one across the board. Uh, for fans, I would say uh, learn to not get immediately violent and toxic at dissenting opinions and or to focus on things that you get joy out of. And if you get joy out of nothing, then maybe this isn't the best hobby. Uh, <laughs> That's a you problem? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I, like, I, there's an abundance of, I, I think there's also that, that weird disconnect of like people who actually read something on the internet and go, oh, okay. And they move on with their life and people are like, Yes, but I must get revenge on this article by saying <laughs> mean things in the comments. Yeah, um, better create a Twitter account. So less of that. Also, I don't know if you're gonna, uh, you know, have a shit fit and say you're gonna boycott a thing. Uh, dude, just don't buy a thing. Like I know that that mm -hmm. seems like a kind of love it or leave it mentality, but at the end of the day, these are uh, luxury <laughs> entertainment products. Yeah. Um, as for the games press, uh, across the board, nobody has review scores anymore. 
because they don't actually really, that's just a bad thing. No one should have that. Just, I know we're still going to think about scores because they are baked into our brains because games give you points and numbers and things like that. Lists but, and scores. That's all I want. Yeah. I think lists are, <laughs> lists are fun, but the number should never reflect the number of entries on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it should always be a weird, that we should just start using Orabesh in there or something. Um... Developers, publishers. I want a industry-wide moratorium on advances in graphical fidelity. Yeah. I think it's gone far oh. enough. Uh, Dude, I think, yeah. yeah I Norman think that, Reedus looks so yeah. much like Norman Reedus. No, that, we're, like, we're, we're, we're good. good. <laughs> we're good. I want to take a step back. I want everyone to focus more on trying new crazy shit mm. within the confines of 4K HDR games that can run up to 60 frames a second. It's fine. Yep. The we can take a few yeah. years. Breath of the Wild was a pretty good game <laughs> that was running at like 790p or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, like, yeah. Norman Reedus, the booty fat, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't need any more detail than that, do yes. we? Yep. No, I don't know. Glistening I'm wet it. tessellation on Norman Reedus's perfectly, <laughs> like, photo-captured ass doesn't make the game any better. <laughs> Norman's Reedus. Yeah. I'm excited oh, for the Reedus. four... That's just your opinion, Max. I'm excited oh. for the four PS5 <laughs> games that are going to look very pretty, but only be four hours and not that good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, uh, ooh, no, no, I want to go back to the game fan thing. Uh, th stop associating uh, the value of a game with the, the length of time that takes to yeah. play it. Yeah. Oh, T yeah. Tetris is not is not a, a deep or complex game, but it's fun as hell, and we all enjoy the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. Also, you can beat Skyrim in three hours. <laughs> yeah. L oh, length, yeah. Length and value are not even remotely related. You can apply that to a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. Size no longer matters. Someone um, on Twitter saying, today I saw was like, should I get Star Wars Last Jedi? I'm, I like Souls, but I'm not. And, and the first response was, well, it's only 20 hours, and I don't like spending $60 for 20 hours. Okay, well, it's you're like, going to hate buying a coffee or going on an airplane. <laughs> don't ever go into a bar. You'll have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> Stay the f*** out of San Francisco. <laughs> Just in general. I, I think the only other one I can think of is kind of like a tandem thing with game fans and games media is... To not have like a line drawn between those two because games media are also people who just like games. Oh, yeah. Like game fans. Did you so, know like, that, that that we are also fans of games? Like, understanding that we're all just a bunch of people who like games and no one's like better or higher up than anyone else. Yeah, there's an increasingly blurred line between uh, press, media, influencer, streamer, content creator, and, and fan. It's yeah. just, you know, do you make stuff or what, you know? Yeah. Let's say for games media, uh, the thing I would want to change is the only this site does real games journalism as if journalism, like journalism is important, but like, I don't know, like writing guides isn't journalism. Like, not, like not everything has to be. Not everything has to be journalism. I'm really tired. Story. I'm really tired of that, like focus on like journal. Because first of all, the people who are saying that kind of thing don't actually know what journalism means, but also like. I, it's just exhausting because, like, I don't, I don't consider myself a journalist. Like, I think a critic and a journalist are do two different things. Mm -hmm. I think a guides writer does, it, like, I love writing guides. I love reading guides, actually. That's just the type of person I am. It says a lot about me. Writing guides is not journalism, but it's, it can be fun. It can be interesting. Like, there's, and it's valuable. And it's valuable, and there's really cool ways to do it, and people like them. Like, Joe Merrick at um, Cerebi, the Pokemon site, mm -hmm. like, does so much work getting that information up there and he's been doing it for 20 years that site is 20 years old and i just am so impressed by that and like no he's not breaking journal like doing journalism but like i'm just tired of like people being like this only this site does real journalism as if that means like 
A, like maybe the quality of it, you, you, it doesn't mean anything when you say that. So that's what I would change. Um, that kind of goes for fans and media. So maybe I'm cheating. Yeah. And then I would also say, um, I would the thing I would change about game fans very selfishly would be um, I would have them forget everything about me that uh, they think they know, and that's not true, because I get a lot of shit based on things that I never even said, and. I'm really tired of it because you guys don't know me. Not you guys, the listeners, but the people who say those things don't know me. And um, I'm really tired of people being like, you have too much political bias in your review. And it's because I described a character as a libertarian. And I'm like, that's not if you think libertarian on its own is an insult. That's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> it was a description. So um, that's what I would just I would totally be selfish. I wouldn't take one for the team on that one. Just I'm really, really, really I think tired. If, if people want to leave angry comments, they have to they have to battle you in Pokemon. There you go. I like that. That's that's a good idea. Anyway, I think that about <laughs> wraps it up for episode 16 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you so much for joining us, Max. Ooh. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, one correction I do want to make: uh, the past two episodes, Tamor and Lucy both said we re- both said that we we read every single question we get. That's not true. Originally, that was what we were planning on do, but we got so many. A lot of these questions that I was planning on saving got buried in my inbox. So there's some questions we won't read. So if you haven't heard your question, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's probably just because it didn't work for that week, so it got buried. I think what they meant was they read them. They don't read them out loud on the show necessarily. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if if we didn't read one of your questions and you think it was really good, feel free to send that again. Uh, like I said, we, we love getting all these questions, and we have a lot of fun putting together the the show every week uh so yeah keep writing in tell us what you think uh and i hate saying this but it means a lot if you guys can leave reviews on itunes let us know what you think we want to try to make this show as good as it can be and your guys's feedback can help with that a lot and i think just more reviews on itunes just helps the podcast in general it gives it a healthy healthy growth healthy healthy community uh and we definitely want to keep that up Anything else I'm missing? Is it still called iTunes or is it the Apple Podcast app? Who knows? It's the Apple Podcast app. At what point do we stop calling it iTunes? Because I know that's going to yeah, stick does around. That, yeah. Does that make us sound like boomers? Boomers. Is that a boomer? I was going to say, oh, Google iTunes. iTunes. I don't okay, know what this is. Didn't, aren't podcasts like two, just like iTunes? Didn't I, Apple kind of create that word for yeah, them? Because iPod, iPod podcasts, like, yeah. weren't they just like radio talk, show, talk shows before? Yeah, and, yep. That's got you, can't, you can't wow. think too much about it because like I said, there's three companies in the world. And I stand by that. Apple. <laughs> God that. <laughs> uh Ben, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, uh just my name. Uh at Ben Janka. B-N-J-N-C-A. Michael. Did you forget the E? I think you said B N or B. Look, yeah. it's my Midwestern accent. <laughs> I run all my things together. Oh, oh just it's, gotta sneak past you there. Ah, uh, damn! Can't find you. I can't escape it. Can't find you. I wrote a check to my mom the other day, and I spelled my last name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna hear about that. <laughs> oh. uh, Michael, what do you want? You can. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Uh, in the streets of San Francisco, in the streets of the East Bay, uh, you can also find me on Twitter. At no, they Ma- can't. You're playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, you, you don't. 
See the streets. And I, and you, know, you, always, you, you can know, find me you in find, a realm reborn. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me on uh, the Primal Data Center, uh, Ultros. You know what it is. Bringing the motherfucking shadows. <laughs> Chie Satoneko out there, you know what I'm saying? And you can also find me on Twitter at Michael P. Hyam for all of my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what about you? Anything you want to plug as well? Uh, you can find me Airbud Official on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That is a great account, though. Except for the one time it got hacked by some Turkish guy. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Max Scoville on everything. You can find me on IGN. I'm on Podcast Beyond, which is a regular uh, PlayStation-ish centric show uh, hosted by some dear friends of mine. It's very similar to this one. We f*** around. And we're not supposed to say f but somebody, some very patient person has to go in and censor all the f words out of the fing episode. <laughs> I might I might just check explicit and call it a day. <laughs> that works, yeah. Get the red band edition, director's cut, the Snyder cut. Wow. Um Exactly. Yeah, but I do a bunch of stuff on IGN, uh occasional video nonsense and written articles here and there, and nothing is ever consistent enough to properly plug it on a recorded thing. And then uh if you want more uh after dark um tomfoolery, I do the comedy button, which is a very long running show. Don't start at episode one. It's like starting with X-Men number one. Just jump in like giant size annual number three or something. It's just grab a recent episode. It's it's a bunch of people talking about nothing and it's terrible and I don't recommend it. But here <laughs> I am doing so. You still do up at noon, right? Not real. Sort of oh, sometimes snap. like here and there. Okay. Yeah, you did like yeah. the, the death training snowboarding bit. Yeah, we do like time. we do like little bits. Up at noon is a, is at one point was a weekly show and then it's things got busy and some weeks we just don't do it. So <laughs> it's, it's like, like whatever you feel like. It. Yeah, it's a week week ishly it's, show. It's okay. like keep you on your toes. Yeah. No, we'll put up a video. where like, hey, check it out. A Pee Wee Herman action figure and like 7000 <laughs> people on YouTube go there to downvote it. So, it's, <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't think I've told you this a little bit of a tangent. Uh but I used to listen to the comedy button a lot. I don't so much anymore because I started working here. Like I had a job where I just listened to podcasts all the time. Uh, and there's an episode about Action Park, which I don't think I've ever laughed harder listening to a podcast than that episode. I don't even know if you remember it because you've oh, recorded yeah. no, so no, no, many. No, no, no. Action Park is, they made a movie about that. Okay. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. But that episode I thought was hilarious. I remember tweeting at Action Park and they like responded to me like, they're like, we're getting a lot of people tweet at us recently. I don't know what it's about, but that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, they, they literally made a Johnny Knoxville movie about Action Park. Okay, no, I do remember this then. I yeah. didn't see it, but I remember I remember seeing trailers. I think they, they simultaneously tried to reboot this like horrible, unsafe like New Jersey theme park, and at the same time they were like, Let's make a movie about how unsafe it is. And I think I feel like neither one of those things succeeded. And there's like a short list of people you'd hire for that. It'd be like, Well, Johnny Knoxville, yeah. let's get him in here. Yeah. Who has good insurance? <laughs> yeah, look at Jake beating his heroes. Don't ever listen to podcast kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Callie. Um, like I said, uh, I have a lot of Pokemon guides that I would really like for you to read because it is my secret passion and it's what I've I, I originally wanted to do when I got into writing about games. I just really like writing guides. I used to um read and reread uh the strategy guides that I would buy. I really like them, so please read the ones that I write. <laughs> um really uh I don't really have anything else going on. So, who's the best new Pokemon? Like, who's your who's your favorite of these new ones? Dragapult. Is that a dragon catapult? He has, he what? has little dragons on his shoulders. Oh, that, that dude he you showed me. Out. And, and he's a ghost too. And he's a ghost. A ghost dragon trebuchet. I'm I afraid so no ghosts. Sorry, looks, I spoiled Dragapult for you just now. Dragapult looks like a, a fetus of one of the Zone of the Enders robots. The, oh man, what are they called the oh, frames shit. or what are they called? Zone of the Enders the, is another Konami game. Oh, 
Oh, platinum. From, Good platinum. From yeah. soft. From, oh, yeah. Uh, I like that one, and I like Alchemy a lot. I think Alchemy is going to be a really good support Pokemon. It has a great support move pool, and um, I outside of that, I really like Poltegeist. <gasps> Poltegeist, um, cool T Pokemon, and it has two versions. I should have talked about this. This is the coolest Ugh. thing. Please let me talk about this really fast. Okay, it has two versions: Authentic and Forgery. <gasps> Most of the ones you catch of Sinisty, it's it, the thing that evolves into Poltegeist, are going to be forged China. Wow. And they only evolve into Poltegeist using something called a cracked pot. <laughs> but if you find one in super rare that is authentic China, it will have a tiny blue stamp on the bottom that you can only see while camping. And that's how you know it's an authentic piece of China. And then it evolves using a chipped pot, a different item that's even more rare. And I have been going to the same store every single day since I got the game looking for a chipped pot. And I'm going to go catch a bunch of Sinisty so I can get an authentic one for my collection because it's a separate entry in the Pokedex. Well, it's a separate form. It's not a separate number. I think I have a chipped one. <laughs> <laughs> like the first day I bought it. We'll when talk I about there. this later. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so that's what I'm up to. It's all I care about anymore. Shouts out to Wooloo. Oh, and yeah. Of People do like that Wooloo. Good one. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me on Twitter. I will. Ch I will change this eventually and i will keep my word on that i hate it so much um but i'm verified and i i feel like it would be stupid to to get rid of that but one day yeah GameSpot <laughs> won't get you verified i can speak from experience <laughs> you can find me on twitter at inky dojiko i-n-k-y-d-o-j-i-k-k-o where i will be tweeting about pokemon <laughs> and you can find me at jacob deck uh Usually I've been turning your guides into videos. So the Pokemon guides, I probably had a hand in them. We're also shooting some weird Death Stranding stuff that should be ready next week sometime. Shall that should be cool. Skirt. Yeah, I heard some. I heard something about that and none of it made sense to me. What kind none of weird of Death Stranding stuff? Me. You talking about bolas? Stickies? Well, I know there's, <laughs> you know it. there's Monster Energy drink involved, obviously. And Skirt Indovina. <laughs> and Kurt, yep, Kurt will be in it as well. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Tomorrow we'll be back next week. Lucy won't. <laughs> They're both in Japan right now, as you probably maybe have seen on Twitter if you follow them. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. Bye. The end. <laughs>